Before we start, I want to apologize for the following um, three hours of recording. Something went wrong with the audio, and my lips will not sync on this video. Since most of you listen via podcast, it won't even be noticeable. But if you watch the video, it's going to be a little annoying. I, I said it. I don't know what happened. It's set right now, and it should stay set. But I want to apologize for once again. I can't redo it. Um, it's a complete show, but um, all apologies on what the show. Flyover Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. that this is a political trial. Okay. We know that. We know the jurors are not impartial. We know that Mitch McConnell said it, but do you think today may have made a difference when it kind of, it really dawned on me and maybe on them. He really left you guys to die in there that he knew they were hunting you and he did not stop it. Did that come through? Yeah, well, I think it did very much so. And this issue that we've been talking about it's kind of interesting. That makes it a peculiar kind of trial and creates a conflict of interest of sorts because a lot of these, in fact, arguably all of the senators who were also jurors were victims or potential victims of the mob violence. You would never have it in a real trial. Philip Bump has great reporting in the Washington Post tonight about how about one half of those Senate Republicans themselves were saying and doing things completely in sync with what the president is being held accountable for. So it raises further questions of bias on their part. How can they be fair in sitting in judgment of Trump when essentially they were doing a lot of the same? Exactly. You have witnesses, victims, and accomplices as the jury. Then we have a Senate juror who's already calling for Trump's conviction. What does he think of the case? And what does he think of what it means if there is an acquittal? And if you start to feel things, you got to get help just like you would if it were anything else. Um, you know, injuries on the inside are same as injuries on the outside. And I don't want to traumatize or re-traumatize, but I do want to traumatize the people who are sitting as jurors uh, because there's too much of a rush here to dismiss this, to move past it because they have different political inclinations and worries. So you're in there and you know, as you look around the room, that some of your brothers and a few of your sisters on the right are really not family to you anymore. They're not paying attention, Senator. They don't give a damn. They've made up their mind of what to do here, and it's all about expediency. Do we need to start having a serious conversation, not just about Donald Trump being a bad guy, but about the Republican Party 
becoming a radicalized anti-democratic institution because you can't have a regular party like the Democrats who have their flaws and we can make issue, have issue with them and a party that is willing to seize power by force because that's what that sounded like to me. It's potentially a major story this morning. Tim Alberta, in I think his last piece of Politico before he goes to the Atlantic, interviewed Nikki Haley, former governor of South Carolina, former ambassador to the United Nations in the Trump administration, and she said some remarkable things in what really is a clear break from Donald Trump for her. Let me just read some of the quotes here from Nikki Haley. He's not going to run for federal office again. I don't think he's going to be in the picture, she said matter-of-factly. I don't think he can. He's fallen too far. And this is the kicker. We need to acknowledge he let us down. He went down a path he shouldn't have, and we shouldn't have followed him, and we shouldn't have listened to him. We can't let that... And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It's the 13th of February, year of our Lord, 2021. It's cold as dog shit outside. We have a good podcast today. That's our regular into of everybody is a piece of shit because that's what our media does. But today we're going to flip the script and we're not going to play all the lefty stuff I usually do. We're going to do some conservative thought. I realize I dedicate way too much of this show to the left and giving them more breathing room and never Trumpers and all that stuff. We're going to start with what they're trying to do, which is distract you and label everybody a loser. We're going to play the defense, because it's the first time Americans have heard the full Charlottesville speech, the full on the Capitol speech, seeing what the left really says during all the riots, and how many times they say the word fight, and how many times they've actually called for impeachment. Before we start, I just want you to remember that I uh, four years ago, Preet Bharara, yeah, well, uh, Biden wants to kill 56 of them and replace them with super liberal ones. No many uproar. They just say this is normal. But it won't be normal because Biden will put extremists in and Biden really didn't. Or uh, Trump really didn't. He wasn't super conservative. Pro-life was it. And I'm sorry for you lefties and never-Trumpers and principled secure, secure conservatives out there. Most Americans, like 70% of us, don't, don't want federally funded abortions. And 67% of us don't want third trimester uh, abortions. We don't want that. Biden wants them all. On our last podcast, we talked about impeachments. And funny enough, I went and researched how the media cover it. And Snopes, of course, covered it this way. Have Democrats tried to impeach every GOP president since Ike? And their answer was mostly false because they didn't do Ford. So, of course, it's it's constitutional when Democrats do it. And for those that are wondering, H.R. Res 1258 was Bush. They tried to do him. But we're already seeing our little montage today. They did seven fucking impeachments of Trump. Another thing was Majority Green. Major, whatever the fuck. We talked about super dupers, crazy people, and the rights full of Looney Tunes that fucking Islamist says, and she gets all sorts of airtime. Van Jones, Salon, because this is how it was covered. Would you still sign the 9-11 Truth Petition? Understand, that came from 9-11truth.org. It was a movement. Major Democrats, because remember, Rush Limbaugh is the right, so every liberal journalist, pundit, everybody in Hollywood, you own that shit. All right, you, if you're part of the Never Trump establishment, you own all their hateful shit, which we're going to see in a huge cancel section today. Huge. And Neera Tandon, we're doing that too, because she's a fucking work of art. Long story short, you own all of them, but that's how they covered it. 
This green chick, she's a nut job because she believes 9-11 was an inside job. Van Jones is on CNN every week. And so I wanted to prove that I'm not just talking out of my ass. I didn't get that from, you know, Newsmax. That's a true thing. And then when we really get into um, this impeachment, here's an article from Mediate. That's Dan Abrams' liberal fucking shindig. Did the House impeachment managers rely on flimsy New York Times report on Brian Sisnick's death? In here, they even talk about the meme they inserted. So did the FBI. Now, remember, two things could be true. The riot could be totally wrong, and it's not Trump's fault, nor is it the 74 million people. Two things could be true. The riot could be fucking horrible, but the Democrats and media could be totally lying about it. And two things could be true. We should persecute all the people that did violent deeds there, but it doesn't appear they were ever armed, and they didn't actually do violence, and Sisnik wasn't killed by somebody bludgeoning him to death with a fire extinguisher. None of that's true. None of it. Two things can be true. Trump's evil, but he didn't start it. It was already in the motion. Two things can be true. Trump shouldn't have done the speech, but all the Democrats knew this was going to happen, and they fought all summer. So did the New York Times and Twitter and all these people that you couldn't put National Guard out. Trump was a fascist for calling out Federalist, so Federalist police officers to go down and protect Portland. Trump was a fascist because he used smoke grenades so he could go to the church. It wasn't CS. And CNN made it look closer. And it was a fucking lie. A lot of times, two things can be true. And in the case of this impeachment, Trump can be a bad guy, but the Democrats can be way fucking worse. The amount of hypocrisy that got uttered out of there is unbelievable. From armed protests to fucking bludgeoning to death to he said go fight. So what we're going to do is we're going to play if this was a conservative show that was just conservative. I never I, I just pushed out conservative talking points. Because technically it's a media show and I'm dogging the media all the time and really all I'm doing is giving air to all these fucking hateful fuckers that hate everybody in America that isn't a black, gay, transgender dude who chest feeds with his chest milk. Yeah, we got that in the cancel today. So we're going to put Tucker who's going to talk about how this is just a distraction. And then the only place I could get this soundbite of this Democrat from Denver, hey, big sis, you own this. I know you're not a Democrat, but you own this lady. Who talks like that skit in SNL making fun of the the uh, attorney for the Simpsons. For the Simpson trial. And she literally said, violence isn't a Democrat thing. It not, used to not be a Republican thing. It's like our eyes and ears are just closed shut, and we just go with what Google tells us. Yeah, okay, CNN and Google. That, that's the whole misinformation thing. They don't want to hear it. And then I'm just going to slam in the defense. And the reason why I'm playing like 14 minutes of shit 
is because the full Charlottesville hasn't been played forever. They should have also gone with all Mexicans or murderers or rapists, because I believed it, and then I looked it up and went, holy fuck, that's not true. Charlottesville, not true. The speech is not true. The fight sequence in this will be our new mantra, because every time the left goes up, where's our fight song? We're gonna fight long! But they're the ones saying the violent rhetoric all the time. All the fucking... I don't care what Twitter's... Twitter says, I don't care what Trump says, I don't fucking care what his Twitter account is. One dude and seven million Republic or Democrats saying hateful shit. I mean, the picture I'm going to put up for cancel is the Mandalorian guy, he works for Disney, and he's saying put mega kids in a wood chipper. That's okay. Call every Nazi okay. It's so much hypocrisy, I'm playing the whole fucking thing. All of it. So enjoy. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson. Tonight you've probably been glued to the tube all day. Donald Trump's second impeachment proceeding started. We didn't watch any of it. We did hear from a number of people that Trump's head lawyer didn't do a very good job. On a slow day, that might be a mildly interesting fact. But at this point, honestly, who cares? Impeachment? The whole thing is ridiculous. They are literally impeaching a president who isn't even the president anymore. They're yelling at someone who's already left the room. It's a farce, insulting and absurd. Anyone who tells you the details of today's Potemkin impeachment are important is probably trying to distract you from something that actually is important. There are a lot of those things right now, more than ever. Forgive me if I am jaded after Portland, Seattle, Kenosha, Chicago, Atlanta, Soho, and other targets of mass violence that the currently outraged that you see right now ignored. I hold all violence in contempt, and I will, be not I will not be lectured by hypocrites who favor one mob or the other. If you don't see all violence is bad, you are not worth my time. These people, Pretend that they're concerned about the abuse of power. They're impeaching a private citizen over speech. A citizen who is a proxy for 75 million voters. It's not about Trump. It's about you. These are the same people, again, that ignored violence that was a physical proxy for their activist language. And now they're participating in a circus with a predetermined outcome for failure as people die from COVID. Okay? And so before you say that Trump undermined democracy by questioning the validity of an election, if you believe that is true, then every anchor on MSNBC, every anchor on CNN, and a few anchors here at Fox News who also undermined democracy for four freaking years with the Russian hoax, well, they, they're guilty too. Right. Once you open this door, my friend, everybody's guilty. All right. And uh, we, I just found out in my ear from my special little friend, uh, the Senate has voted 56 to 44 that the trial is constitutional. Yay. So the constitute the. Well, hey, I'm just reporting the news. <laughs> I didn't vote. <laughs> I didn't vote. Um, tell me, control you about this. The Republicans are going to try to point out that there is a double standard. Uh, take a listen to this. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. If you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome. 
please don't just come here today and then go home. Go to the hill today. Get up and please get up in the face of some Congress people. Democrats are saying, of course, that that is different. How do you see it? Yeah, look, uh, it's not different. The, these are uh, outgrowths of the same natural impulse uh, that, that exists from time to time among anyone in this business and in many other businesses. Look, it, everyone makes mistakes. Everyone's entitled to a mulligan once in a while. And, and I would hope, I would expect that each of those individuals would take a mulligan on each of those statements, because in each instance, they're making it deeply personal. They're, they're ceasing to make it about policy. Instead, they're talking about getting up in people's faces and making individuals feel perfectly uh, 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 uncomfortable. And that's not helpful. I think uh, the best way to handle this is to talk about issues rather than January 6th. John Bresnahan is a reporter for Punchbowl News. He laid out the four pillars that the Democrats' argument was focused around in a tweet that he sent out early this morning. Uh, he said they want to focus on Trump's actions leading up to and after the attack. The physical harm caused as a result of the insurrection, Trump's alleged lack of remorse over what happened, and of course, the legal implications of all of this. Yeah, and you know, some would argue that a lack of remorse may be hard for the Democrats to actually prove in this case, considering that President Trump did denounce the violent events of January 6th that very evening in a video, and he released another video the following day. Yeah, you saw Democrats like uh, Congressman Jamie Raskin, he's one of the impeachment managers. He used the Charlottesville riot in 2017, as well as that anti-lockdown protest that occurred at the Michigan Capitol in April as part of the argument today. And they tried to highlight what they called a so-called history of President Trump encouraging violence. Now, as you can imagine, critics uh, say President Trump could have done more to tamp down the riots during the planning process, before they happened, while they were in motion that day, and obviously, even after the fact, they claim he should have been doing more. Yeah, and Sean, yesterday, the impeachment managers displayed never before security footage from that day, and that footage is disturbing to watch. Most people hadn't seen it, and it was extremely compelling to senators who were actually on the Capitol that day. They, they spoke about it after and how hard it was to watch. The Democrats are making the case that President Trump should have known how bad things we're going to get from intelligence that he had before the events on the Capitol and that she, he should have denounced it sooner, as you mentioned. But there were two other interesting revelations that came from the impeachment managers today that I want to bring up. One is the concern for violence, and the other is the concern for our police officers. Both of these are awesome things that they're having concern for, but one example was Congressman Ted Lieu from California who said, if bad things happen, we would show remorse. Any of us would do that. Referring to the point that Trump didn't express enough remorse. And I also want to play something interesting from Colorado Congresswoman Diana DeJet. Listen. Violence is never patriotic and it's never American. It's not the Democratic way and it's not the Republican way. Well, this lie traveled around the world a few times, made its way into the Biden campaign talking points and ended up on the Senate floor. The Charlottesville lie. Very fine people on both sides. Except that isn't all he said. And they knew it then, and they know it now. Watch this. But you also had people that were very fine people on both sides. You had people in that group, excuse me, excuse me, I saw the same pictures as you did. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of, to them, a very, very important statue 
and the renaming of a park from Robert E. Lee to another name. George Washington was a slave owner. Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we going to take down, excuse me, are we going to take down, are we going to take down statues to George Washington? How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him? Okay, good. Are we going to take down the statue? Because he was a major slave owner. Now, we're going to take down his statue. So you know what? It's fine. You're changing history. You're changing culture. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? And the press has treated them absolutely unfairly. Now, in the other group also, you had some fine people, but you also had troublemakers, and you see them come with the, with the black outfits and with the helmets and with the baseball bats. You got a, you had a lot of bad you had a lot of bad people in the other group too. Unfairly, sir. I'm sorry. I just didn't understand what you were saying. You were saying the press has treated white nationalists unfairly. No. I just didn't understand what you were saying. No. There were people in that rally, and I looked the night before. If you look, there were people protesting very quietly the taking down of the statue of Robert E. Lee. I'm sure in that group there were some bad ones. The following day, it looked like they had some rough, bad people. Neo-Nazis, uh, white nationalists, whatever you want to call them. But you had a lot of people in that group that were there to innocently protest, and very legally protest, because, you know, I don't know if you know, they had a permit. The other group didn't have a permit. So I only tell you this. There are two sides to a story. I thought what took place was a horrible moment for our country, a horrible moment. But there are two sides to the country. Does anybody have a final? Does anybody have, you have an infrastructure. What makes you think? This might be today the first time the news networks played those full remarks in their context. We are president of law and order and an ally of all peaceful protesters. The vast majority of, of the protesters have been peaceful. Republicans stand for law and order, and we stand for justice. I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be. My administration will always stand against violence, mayhem, and disorder. There needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. I stand with the heroes of law enforcement. And you push back on them, and you tell them they're not welcome anymore, will never defund our police. Together, we will ensure that America is a nation of law and order. We were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. But I think you need to go back and, and punch him in the face. I feel like punching him. We just want law and order. Everybody wants that. I want to tell you, Lord Judge, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. We want law and order. We have to have law and order. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. We believe in safe streets, secure communities, and we believe in law and order. Donald Trump, who I may well be voting to impeach. Donald Trump has already done a number of things which legitimately raise the question of impeachment. I don't respect this president, and I will fight every day until he is impeached.
That is grounds to start impeachment proceedings. Those are grounds to start impeachment. Those are grounds to start impeachment proceedings. Yes, I think that's grounds to start impeachment proceedings. I rise today, Mr. Speaker, to call for the impeachment of the President of the United States of America. I continue to say, impeach him! Impeach 45! Impeach 45! So we're calling upon the House to begin impeachment hearings immediately. On the impeachment, Donald Trump, would you vote yes or no? I would vote yes. I would vote. I would vote too much. Because we're going to go in there, we're going to impeach the mother. Uh, but the fact is, I introduced articles of impeachment in July of 2017. If we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. My oath requires me to be for impeachment, have an impeachment hearing, and he's the scarlet eye on his chest. The representative should begin impeachment proceedings against this president. It is time to bring impeachment charges against him. Bring impeachment charges. My personal view is that uh, he richly deserves impeachment. I'm here at an impeachment rally. And we are ready to impeach the... Because 10 of the 29 electoral votes cast by Florida were cast by electors not lawfully certified. I object to the votes from the state of Wisconsin, which were not, should not be legally certified. No debate. Mr. President, I object to the certificate from the state of Georgia on the grounds that the electoral votes no, were no not... Debate. There's no debate. There's no debate. I object to the certificate. Uh, from the state of North Carolina. I object to the 15 votes from the state of North Carolina. Um, I object. I object to the certificate from the state of Alabama. The electors were not lawfully certified. Is it signed by a senator? Not as of yet, Mr. President. In that case, the objection cannot be entertained. The objection cannot be entertained. Counting debate is not in order. Ballot. Even with the there is no debate in order. Is it signed by a senator? There is no debate. There is no debate in the joint session. There is no debate. There is no debate. There is no debate. And the Please come to order. The objection cannot be received. Section 18, Title III of the United States Code prohibits debate in the joint session. I do not wish to debate. I wish to ask, is there one United States Senator who will join me in this letter? There is no debate. There is no debate. The gentlewoman will suspend their own words. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. There needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. you got to be ready to throw a punch. You have to be ready to throw a punch. Donald Trump, I think you need to go back and, and punch him in the face. That I thought he should have punched him in the face. I feel like punching him. I think I'd like to take him behind the gym if I were in high school. If we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. No, I wish we were in high school, I could take him behind the gym. I will go and take Trump out tonight. Take them out now. Okay. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. Please get up in the face of some Congress people. People will do what they do. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. We're going to go in there, we're going to impeach the <laughs> well, This is just a warning to you Trumpers. Be careful. Walk lightly. And for those of you who are soldiers, make them pay.
If you had to be stuck in an elevator with either President Trump, Mike Pence, or Jeff Sessions, who would it be? Does one of us have to come out alive? <laughs> I promise to fight every single day. One, I, I'm a fighter and I'm relentless. But I'm a fighter and I'm relentless. A fighter and I'm relentless. I will fight like hell. But the way I see it now is that we pick ourselves up and we fight back. And we fight back. We do not back down. We do not compromise. Not today, not tomorrow, not ever. You can stand your ground and fight back. We do fight back, but we are going to fight back. We are not turning this country over to what Donald Trump has sold. We are just not. We can whine or we can fight back. Me, I'm here to fight back. I'm here to fight back. That we fight harder, we fight tougher, and we fight more passionately for than ever. As Joe Biden says to fight, it's about fighting of what we're fighting for. We will tell them about what we did to fight. Truly about um, a fight. But truly, I do believe that we're in a fight. I believe that we are in a fight. I believe we are in a fight. I believe we are in a fight. So there's a fight in front of us, a fight for all of these things. And so we're prepared to fight for that. We know how to fight. Our ongoing fight, a fight. We know how to fight. We like a good fight. We were born out of a fight. This is what is our fight right now. We still have a fight on our hands. Fight hard for the changes Americans are demanding. Get in the fight, to winning the fight, to fight fighting. Please fighting. We'll use every tool possible to fight for this change. We'll fight, we'll fight, to fight fighting hard, serious about fighting and fight. We gotta get on our front foot and fight back. Problems, we call them out and we fight back. I'm in this fight. I am fighting, I am fighting. Get in this fight. Get in this fight. Get in this fight. And fighting, we all need to be in the fight. We all need to stay in the fight. We stay in this fight. We fought back. We fought back. I am not afraid of a fight. I am in this fight all the way. You don't get what you don't fight for. Our fight, our fight. We are in this fight for our lives. But we are going to make sure that this fight does not end tonight. This is a fight for our lives, the lives of our friends and family members and neighbors. It is a fight, fight, and it is a fight that we're going to work to make sure continues. It's a fight. It is a fight. It is a fight. And that's what this fight is for. Well, I'm wired to fight anyone who isn't doing their job for us. I'm John Tester, and you damn right, I approve this message. And I'll have lots of fights ahead of us, and I'm ready to stand up and keep fighting. We have to fight. We're going to fight. We're going to fight. We need to fight, 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 and we need to fight. We're going to fight. We got a few more fights. I'm going to take the privilege of a few more fights, and we have the biggest fight of all. I will never stop fighting. We need to say loud and clear 
that we are ready to fight. It's a bare knuckles fight. Now they're going to have to actually fight back against people. The fight has to be conducted. It's so important that we need to fight. Fight that fight. We have been fighting. I was fighting very hard. Time is of the essence, both in terms of the fight. I think we should be fighting. Well, I, I really believe we need to fight. We're simply not going to take this line down. We're going to keep fighting. So I'm telling all my colleagues, this is the fight of our life. Whose side are you on? Who are you fighting for? They're fighting, or I'm fighting. We're both fighting. We will fight back. We're not going to just take this line down. I'm just going to keep the fight up. What we have to do right now is fight as hard as we can. We have to rise up and, and fight back. And so we're going to fight, and we're going to continue to fight. I am going to be fighting, fighting like hell. Keep fighting, fighting, fighting. Or we kept fighting, and we did. So we're going to keep fighting. We have to be fighting every every uh, single day. We have to fight back, and we have no choice but to do that. I think we're doing the right thing to do that. Uh, fighting, and I'm fighting. Brown have been fighting. Well, our job right now is to fight. It's really important. I'm going to keep fighting. I'm asking for the support of people across the country to fight back. And you got to be fierce uh, in uh, fighting. And every day I'm in the United States Senate. I will fight. I've told President Biden I will. Fight like mad. I'll tell you what, now more than ever, we have to fight like hell. We have these battles on the floor of the Senate. I'm going to go down right. and battle, and, uh, and I'm going to be down there on the floor fighting. Right. But we Democrats are fighting as hard as we can. Democrats are fighting as hard as we can. Credit it in any way, but we're fighting back. What we've got to do is fight in Congress, fight in the courts, fight in the streets, fight online, fight at the ballot box. We'll also fight him and challenge him in every way that we can, in the Congress, in the courts, and in the streets. Fighting and pushing around the clock, fighting. Continue to be brave and be strong and keep fighting. We're getting people engaged in the fight. We're fighting. We've got to keep fighting and keep focused. Continue to fight. Fight. Uh, this is going to be a fight to continue fighting. We each have an important role to play in fighting. In this fight, like so many before it, it has been a fight. The American people are going to have to fight. And about the importance of fighting. I will always fight. Fighting. But we always must fight. Joe Biden has a deep, deep-seated commitment to fight and to fight and about the importance of fighting. We always must fight to fight, to fight, and to fight. As our willingness to, as our willingness to fight continued the fight. We cannot ever give up fighting, up fighting. There's the fight, there's the fight, there's the fight, and then there's the fight to defend. Back in the fight. Our mission is to fight. That is the guiding purpose of House Democrats fighting. He has never forgotten who fight. But this is a fight for our country. Fighting the health crisis of COVID. I led the fight and continue to fight. Never, never, never give up this fight. I'm a citizen fighting for it. It means not only fighting a leader who fought for progressive change, as a lawyer who fought for people his whole life, as well as other fights he's And I'm proud that, uh, to have Tim in this fight with me. And above all, it's time for America to get back up and once again, fight. We will fight when we must fight. What kind of America are we fighting for? We've been fighting, so we need to fight, but we also need to fight, fight for an America. I am going to wake up every day and fight hard. I have been fighting. We're gonna fight. We are gonna fight. We're gonna fight. We're gonna fight. And I will fight. 
We're in the fight of our lives right now. We fight like hell to fight. To fight. Fight against the Trump administration. Democrats are standing up to fight. We're in this fight in a serious way. It's your fight. We're eager to take on this fight. Get in this fight and we'll fight it out. I have taken on the fight. As representatives for the people, as legislators here in the halls of Congress, our job is to fight. Who has led us in this fight. Is to fight for this. This fight. And one of the things we do is fight, should fight. And because my constituents send me here each and every day to fight. My fight. Those fights need to fight. To fight an administration. Requiring us to fight and fight we will. Their fight. In their fight. In their fight. The fight is a fight. And so when we fight the fight that we are in, when we are fighting this fight, we fight this fight. The strength of who we are is we will fight. And we will fight. We will fight the fight. We will fight. We are in a fight. The fight, 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 fight. It is a fight. It is a fight. And it is a fight born out of patriotism. This is a fight. Fighting. I say fight on, fight on, fight on, fight on. Aaron, we're going to fight like hell. I'm going to fight like hell. I, and I know many other senators and members of the House, will fight like hell. I will fight like hell to fight back against anyone. We're going to fight like hell. We are going to fight like hell. So I'm going to fight like hell. Democrats are going to fight like hell. They will fight like hell. They're fighting the fight of their lives. Focus on the fight that matters. I'm here to say one more time in publicly, this is not a fight. I wanted to take on, but this is the fight in front of us now. I leave you with the wise words of Congressman Jerry Nadler. The effect of impeachment is to overturn the popular will of the voters. We must not overturn an election and remove a president from office, except to defend our system of government or our constitutional liberties against the dire threat. And we must not do so without an overwhelming consensus of the American people. There must never be a narrowly voted impeachment or an impeachment supported by one of our major political parties and opposed by the other. Such an impeachment... Now understand, while the fucking people were lying about Trump and his rhetoric, NBC News, Garrett Hake, just left the chamber where most members were at least partially engaged with Representative Joe Nagu's presentation. The biggest exception, Holly, Missouri, sitting up in the gallery with his feet up on a seat in front of him, reviewing paperwork throughout. All of NBC News ran with that, because that was just, oh my God, this is horrible. How does he not eat it? You must eat and obey. You must eat and obey. But that didn't happen during the defense. There was actually some outbursts. But we didn't talk about that. Because, no, Democrats good, Republican bad. If you don't believe he should be impeached, you're a fucking Nazi. A Nazi! You're a tower shooter, and you you storm buildings. I mean, that's been said to me. I'm a horrible person. Okay? Really? Yesterday was a triumph for people like me who have been playing shit for five years of how utterly hateful the left is. How they hate everybody who doesn't join the cult of intersectionality. It's a fucking religion. They have Psalms, Proverbs. And the moment you step out, you are killed. Murdered. They talk about murdering Nazis, re-education. It doesn't matter. Trump. Trump bad guy. 
But the, the, the only sound bite and rebuttal I'm going to play to this is if you hate Trump, this is how you came away with it. I kill. And we just have to fight. We're going to fight. We are going to fight. We're going to fight. We're going to fight. Because you will fight. To fight. Political revolution. That means that millions, 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 millions have got to stand up and fight. And fight and fight. Stand up and fight back. To fight and continue to fight. And once again, fight back in the fight. We're fighting back. My fight. To fight an administration. You don't get what you don't fight for. We'll also fight him and challenge him in every way that we can. Fight in Congress. Fight in the courts. Fight in the streets. In the Congress, in the courts, and in the streets. There's the fight. Chris Wallace, that video uh, that the Trump legal team put together goes on for about another 45 seconds after that. I thought you were going to go for all of that. I was I was I didn't get my life back. You, the you first time. I didn't want to hear it again. Yeah. I think that's a honestly, I think it's a silly argument. Clark, um, uh, read it. Does a politician raising bail for rioters encourage more rioting? So you get the gist. If you hate Trump, you're, oh, that's silly. And then he picks apart the whole defense like he is a Democrat because he hates Trump. He believes Trump is culpable because Trump's evil. So let's just let's go kill him. And they already have a backup plan because they're going to go in and literally uh, get him in for obstruction or something in, in Georgia. Until he's murdered in the street, they'll never be happy. Matt Walsh went through each and every tragic D.C. riot death based on what we officially know in a fairly eye-opening thread, which might seem sort of dark, but when these deaths are being used to vilify the military occupation of D.C. or justify military occupation of D.C. and vilify 75 million people who voted for Trump, the facts matter. Matt Walsh. We are told that D.C. riot killed five people, sometimes even seven, sometimes seven deaths are linked to the riot. But here's the truth. Of seven deaths, two were officers who committed suicide after the riot. We have not been given any evidence or any reason to believe that their suicides had anything to do with the riot. It's simply an assumption. Of the five who died in or shortly after the riot, one was a man with a pre-existing condition who suffered a heart attack. Another suffered a stroke and died in hospital. One woman collapsed while in the rush of people outside. We were told she was trampled to death. The medical examiner never confirmed that as a cause of death. We have not been given any additional information. The fourth civilian death was Ashley Babbitt. She was an unarmed woman shot and killed by Capitol Police in the face. She was black. If it was a peaceful protest for George Floyd, we, we know everything about her, including her grandparents. The fifth death was Officer Sicknick. We have been given absolutely no official information about his death at all. The only thing we're telling us is that he was at the riot and later died. The autopsy results are being withheld. Nobody's been arrested for murder. So the five deaths linked to the riot, only one Babbitt can be conclusively considered a death caused by violence during the riot. Only the violence in this case was done by a cop. That is what we're, we know right now. If anyone knows more, they aren't telling us. Does this matter? Yes, because the truth matters. Also, because the deadly riot characterization is how they're justifying the military occupation of D.C. People died. It's tragic. But the how and the why really matter a lot. Because this is all about truth. Oh, no, it's not. It's about if you like Trump, you're a piece of shit. That's what it is. They're picking everybody. Rupar. Uh, Mike Lee recently said at Capitol Riots that everyone made mistakes. Everyone is entitled to a Mulligan. Mulligan? 
DNC Chair Harris Jamie. Several died, 100 injured. Threats were made to murder Vice President of the U.S. and Speaker of the House. Our nation's Capitol building was desecrated. Soon, there's no damn golf game. Matt Whitlock, the Mike Lee Mulligan kerfuffle, is an egregious example of major media relying on Twitter to report. A five-second clip went viral, Lee, and saying everyone entitled to a mulligan. It cut off that he was talking about Dems' heated rhetoric, not Trump. I'll say it again. There is no foreign intelligence operation in the world as adept as rapidly spreading misinformation than CNN. If you're a major media personality and you fall for deceptive edits, you deserve the scorn. Ask why is this just five seconds? Because that's how they've done the whole impeachment. Disinformation. That's we're told disinformation's me. It's you. It's anybody who doesn't believe their bullshit. Politifact warps reality about left-wing activists inciting Capitol riot. The dudes on, on video saying I did it. The one we know about. CNN sponsored them. Columns. Media loved for menacing Maxine Waters. They love her. And if you didn't read the last one, the blood libel is so good. It's all a lie. They made it up. All of it. But I'll hit it again. 2,000 law enforcement were hurt during the summer of fucking love. I didn't hear any outrage from never-Trumpers or any of these people. I just didn't hear it. I heard nothing but, this is social justice. It's more important than COVID. You can go out without a mask. You can go out fucking naked. You can do whatever the fuck you want because social justice. You can vote if you're naked. You can vote for fucking uh, the goddamn Speaker of the House in a glass box if you're naked but you, you don't have your mask on during a riot, you're committing chemical warfare. That's allowed in our media. That's how we fucking portray everything. It is the world that we live in right now, and I just don't understand how very intelligent goddamn people that I know are just hook, line, and sinker drawn into this misinformation. Yes, the riot was abhorrent. It shouldn't have happened. But the reality is it wasn't organized and executed by Donald Trump or the 74 million people that voted for him. As hard as you may try to string that along and make it true, it's not. So that's our impeachment. I'm just going to let the defense team stand because I got a major boner off them playing those sound bites because that's been my adult life. That's what the left can do. I mean, Warren can, you know, we're about to go on to cancel, and Warren can literally run around and say there's a transgender genocide going on in our country based on a self-survey done by a LGBT group. While 22 vets are committing suicide a day. Nobody cares. They can say utter lies. And they're never accountable. And that's a big thing the media is doing. 
This is about accountability. Well, when you have accountability for both sides, get back with me. That's why I started with that majority green bullshit. She's an idiot. I'm not defending her. I think she's a nut job. She isn't my fucking representative. I didn't vote for her. But they're able to string her along to everybody. We're all Fruit Loops. We're all Looney Tunes, that Islamist said. Because she's a fucking Islamist who did marry her brother. Yes, she did. That was a liberal newspaper, not the Daily Wire. But they can do that because we have conservatives that help them. So we're going to go into our cancel. It's very long. Not a lot of sound bites. But there's so much canceling going on. Seems to me a lot of people don't really care, including conservatives. Uh, Terry, you see the preparation, the care the Democrats have put into this uh, presentation, telling a story that goes far beyond those few hours on January 6th. You sure can, Georgia. Whatever you think of this case, they have risen to the moment. This is an atrocity in our history, an atrocity against our democracy. And the care with which uh, the Democratic uh, House managers of this impeachment trial have come prepared, their their argument is organized, they are ringing the, the notes of patriotism and the emotion uh, of the of the attack itself. And surrounding that with what they hope is an evidentiary trail from Donald Trump to that attack. That is their uh, their challenge here. As far as the constitutional question is concerned, you know, there are now two Senate votes, one in the 19th century and one today, that the Senate can try impeachments after the officer has left office. That, that, that is now like arguing with Brown versus Board of Education. You know, they, they are the decider in this case, and they should. And one more thing, which is the, the way that Republicans just aren't going to budge, just whatever the nature of this argument, whatever the nature of the facts, is because I think we heard it in these vivid videos that the Democratic House managers are playing. Fight for Trump. Fight for Trump. Fight for Trump. Not fight for America. He has the Republican Party as a personalized power like we haven't seen. It's a Caudillo. It's a Caesar. It's a Fuhrer. We don't see that in this country. We do now. A major reversal overnight for the Dallas Mavericks. The team played the national anthem, giving in to pressure from the NBA. It's been quite a day. The league cracked down after owner Mark Cuban decided to stop playing the Star Spangled Banner at his team's home games in November. There were quite a few people that voiced their their concerns or really their, their fears that the national anthem and did not fully represent them, that their voices were not being heard. Debate over the Star Spangled Banner is nothing new. Historians have argued that a third stanza, the one we don't sing, actually has racist lyrics in it. And also, guys, I have to remember the author, Francis Scott Key, was in fact a holder of enslaved Africans. Yeah, I appreciate, though, Mark's efforts to try to raise the conversation and bring awareness to what many people believe is still an injustice in this country. And I think he was just trying to shed a light on that. Yeah, but yeah. Given it's, now it's become a polarizing thing. That's right. Well, yeah. given its patriotic roots tied to war and sacrifice, yeah. you can understand why some people have a visceral reaction yeah, to it not being I played. Yeah, I mean, that. it's not my favorite yeah. song, to be honest. It never has been. But And I think there are more, there are other patriotic songs that, that I like better. I mean, the Philadelphia Flyers, for many years, would play Bless America. It yeah. became kind of a lucky charm for them. Um, and uh, so, you know, 
but I understand I understand the patriotic aspect that people feel. I do too. You know, right. at, at the beginning of a game. I also I like. under, understand the other side too. Yeah, exactly. America can oh. be your favorite country without it being your favorite song. <laughs> That's right. Who do we have on this today? Adam Grant. Rethink. People That's right. Need to rethink, rethink, rethink sometimes. What they're going to try and do though. The defense team is they're going to try and 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 tap into a, an emotion of rage that the president has been treated unfairly for years. That Democrats were always out to get them, and they're going to rely on the conservative media uh, echo chamber to amplify that. And we're already seeing it happening. We, we showed it to you a couple minutes ago. Uh, what OAN is saying, what Newsmax is saying, what Fox News is saying, the way that what they are not showing what they're not That's showing. That's Exactly. I mean, I mean, as the trial was going on. Uh, Fox News was talking about culture wars and the NBA. Uh, but that's a, that's there an is a disconnect. Story, right? yeah. There's one story going on right now, and it's, it's this impeachment. And if you watch some conservative media, they're, they're inventing stories. That NBA anthem story isn't even true. Sean Davis helped found the Federalist. He knows what this is about. They've come for him. He joins us tonight. Sean, thanks so much for coming on. Um, never want to sound like we're complaining. And I, you know, we hate talking about the show on the show. However, in the last several weeks, and particularly in the last 24 hours, the call to take this show off the air by groups funded for real by the Ford Foundation or by George Soros, by Michael Bloomberg, by Jeff Bezos has become deafening, going after our advertisers, going after the companies that carry our signal into your home. What is this about? It's not just about us, but what is it about, do you think, the censorship? Yeah, I think it's about the complete totalitarian takeover of the left in America in 2020 and 2021. So remember, this is okay with Disney, because we're going to get to it. We have so many other. We, we start with, now the NBA says you will play the national anthem. But you saw the audio. And there's many more of everybody in our media, our betters telling us that the National Anthem is garbage. USA Today fumes over NBA National Anthem reversal. Good for Mark Cuban, the Dallas Mavericks owner, made a decision that is sure to bring howls of outrage, threats to boycott his team, and an avalanche of violent, vicious emails. But it was a right decision, and I hope it gives others in professional and college sports the courage, or at least cover, to do the same. It also goes to Maverick over Cuban, who made the decision as a political statement and didn't even own up to it publicly until people figured out what was going on, then released a statement calling for courageous conversation. What um, Now, whether we like it or not, we're all going to have to have yet another round of debate about what the national anthem means, whether it should be played at domestic sporting events in the first place, and whether the NBA is too woke for the average American. And it goes on and just says, it's all racist, and everybody's racist, we're all racist. You're a bunch of fucking fascists. That's why I'm wearing this shirt today. Increase your car being footprint. Warrant in public with my Jeep that has a I identify as a Prius to mock all this. Because while they're saying everything's racist and the attack was a, a travesty, you heard ABC, Russia, or a Nazi. It's always Nazi. The big lie that Biden floated and now the media is floating is to Goebbels. They can get away with it all the time. But for no reason whatsoever, they just come up and do stuff like this. Twitter has locked both James O'Keefe and Project Veritas out of their account for violating our rules against posting private information. Understand, 
the Lincoln Project, which is officially dead because Steve Smith gave up, and they made millions of liberal dollars. I probably have never Trump friends that donated to it. I'm sure they did, but they'll never admit it. And they had a, a corrupt organization that was filling their own pockets. Steve Schmidt got a new house. Understand, as I explained to my wife last night, all of them ran the McCain campaign. So now you know why McCain got drubbed. It wasn't because Barack Obama was the greatest thing ever. Yeah, he had to work against every minority person voting for him. But it still shouldn't have won it. But they literally turned off so many people that they didn't vote. It was like Trump. Every one of them became anti-Trump or got a TV show. Nicole Wallace. Schmidt is on Morning Joe every day. Wilson, who had a Confederate fucking cooler and said we need to put a bullet. Yeah, that bald, ugly motherfucker. That's the motherfucker who said we need to put a bullet in Donald Trump. And they all knew this Weaver guy was fucking people. Well, this week they released all sorts of DMs from a lady who broke it and just said, I'm done. I'm not going to go with this culture anymore. And they put it all over Twitter. Twitter didn't block them. BPJ sums up. Project Veritas. Fascist. Completely gone. LifeSite News says YouTube censored its channel for no reason. LifeSite. Breaking, breaking news. LifeSite deleted from YouTube. YouTube just completely removed the LifeSite News YouTube channel. This isn't a ban. Every single one of our videos is completely gone. Thankfully, we have backups for all our videos, but this means hundreds of thousands of people have lost access to our truth-telling content. It is truth-telling. It's the opposite side of what PPFA puts out every day. PPFA got away with chopping up bodies and selling it. It's all true. Project Veritas broke it. The media said it was deceptively edited because that's what they say whenever they're caught or one of their allies are caught. And then that whole fucking thing went to court and they had a proven court and they did. They had admit in court. The very lady who talked about chopping up the babies was on a stand and she said, yeah, yeah, we do it. Against federal law. But everything they do is against federal law. The fucking morning after pill, federal law, until Obama put it, and then Trump reversed it. That's against the Hyde Amendment. You, that's abortion. So LifeSite News was the only place that was putting out pro-life stuff. But no, we're not going to have it. No. No opposing views. Completely. Remember, I got deleted because I played Tucker Carlson. That's what the final verdict was. Tucker Carlson. They called it a copyright infringement. Yet you can go on there and fight Tucker Carlson. Every night people put it up. And then YouTube deletes it. And it's not because of it. It's because they don't want Tucker Carlson to get out. Remember, Tucker Carlson's a gateway drug to white supremacy. Babylon B gets our big one, Carano. And that's why I have this picture. Gina Carano rehired by Disney after she identifies as an abusive male actor. Because Josh Wheaton's still there. No problems. Mandalorian star Gina Carano under fire for controversial social media posts. Now understand what the controversy is. Here it goes. She posts a picture of a Jewish woman and child running away from the Nazis. And she says, what people don't realize, and I'm paraphrasing, is that it wasn't the Nazis that were doing most of the damage. It was the neighbors of these Jews diming them the fuck out and turning them in and turning on them. 
And this could happen in our country with this cancel culture. Now, when you research the whole story, Lucasfilm was looking for a reason to fire her. And the reason why they were going to fire her is because she supported Trump. She talked about voter laws. Because remember, if you talk about voter ID, which is a state law where I live, and I'm glad it is, it's no nuisance for me to show my concealed carry or my license or my military ID because I walk around all the time with my concealed carry, my driver's license, and my military ID because adults have fucking ID. I want to buy beer. I want to buy aspirin. I want to buy spray paint. Tobacco. I need it to get my disability. But we won't... won't. Uh, we've done more than enough. I'll stop. Sorry. I was railing out of control. I don't have a problem with that, but she said it. And you can't say that. That's racist. They don't want voter ID. They want mail-in voting that anybody can sign shit and mail it in, and it'll be excused away by conservatives who hate the next goddamn Republican president because they're really Democrats, but they don't know they are. And they'll say, oh, no, it's just this is normal. This is how it works. Because we'll have more law changes. By the time we get to the 2024, even 2022... They're going to work for you just to be able to do a phone app to mail. As many times as you want. It'd be like fucking... It's going to turn into American fucking idol. Articles from the right. Lucasfilm folds to the Twitter mob and fires Gina Carano. Because this really wanted to happen in no in fucking November. The moment she started talking, because they went off on a rant, forgot to say it, they were looking for a reason to cancel her. They scheduled a spinoff of Mandalorian, and then they canceled that Mandalorian spinoff because she said that. So they were looking for something. So the reference was that she used Nazi imagery. That's why I played ABC. I don't know how many times I've been called a Nazi. The President of the United States uses the big lie. Which, as you saw in those vignettes from the defense, there's never been a Republican elected that the left hasn't challenged. There's not been a fucking one. Except Ford. And Ford, remember, he took over from a president that was impeached. And he wasn't going to run again. So there it is. I mean, get the fuck out of here. That's what the left does. Article from um, Daily Wire, and I fucked up. I forgot to sign in. Hold on a second. Daily Wire, I love you, but no. Um, Which is the positive. They're going to give her a movie. She's going to produce an act in it. According to Disney, Disney fired conservative actress Gina Carano, best known for her character on the hugely popular Disney show, The Mandalorian, because of a series of posts she made on social media that critics claim were offensive. The Daily Wire reported the post that generated the most controversy was a screenshot of another person post that she then posted onto her own Instagram account. The post compared the current political divisive culture to U.S. In the U.S. to Nazi Germany, the screenshot read, Jews were beaten in the streets, not by Nazi soldiers, but by the neighbors, even by children. Because history is edited, most people don't realize that, that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. How is that any different from hating someone for their political views? Let's just go with the snow shoveling. We just had it. That's a mainstream, that's New York, the uh, fucking Los Angeles Times. That's good shit. 
As Corrado has made an outspoken supporter of former President Donald Trump and has often complained about backlash against her conservative opinion, many critics took the Post as her equating Republicans with Jews in Nazi Germany, the Washington Post reported. Of course they did. The Post has since been deleted, but not before fans captured the moment and shared it widely. Critics called for the actors to be fired like they've been asking to be fired forever. Lucas Production Company, owned by Disney... And Disney owns ESPN, it owns ABC, it, uh, I, I was going to play it, but I got so many sound bites today. Tucker did a great segment on it last night where they have propaganda on Kamala Harris. It's an ad showing that she was a, she protested as a kid on a playground to fucking do something, and now she's the president, and she's awesome, and the implication is if you don't think she's awesome, you're a fucking Nazi. <laughs> Pretty much, I mean, that's what it is. Gina Carano is not currently employed by Lucasfilm. There's no plans for her to be in the future. Nevertheless, the social media posts denigrated people based on their culture and religious identities are abhorrent and unacceptable. Oh, really? Well, Carano's comparison of conservatives in modern day... Um, Americans to Jews and the regime in Nazi Germany is demonstrably absurd. She is far from the first person to make her own claims. Since entering office, multiple liberals and leftists have not only compared the political divisive environment to Nazi Germany, but Donald Trump himself was indistinguishable from Adolf Hitler. Here we go. Joe Biden. In September 2020, Democrat President nominee Joe Biden compared Donald Trump to German Nazi propagandist Goebbels. Trump is sort of Goebbels, Biden said, invoking the name of Joseph Goebbels, the mastermind Nazi German propaganda machine. You say the lie long enough, keep repeating it, repeating it, repeating it, it becomes common knowledge. AOC accused President Trump in 18 of running concentration camps. That was okay. Don Lemon, speaking to Chris, uh, Christopher Cuomo, Don Lemon suggests the President Donald Trump rhetoric and immigration could lead him down the same path as Nazi dictator Adolf Hitler, saying it starts with little eyes. Joy Reid, in August 2019, A.M. Joy likened the coverage of President Donald Trump to the Nazi dictator Adolf Hitler in the 30s. Jim Clyburn, speaking to Cuomo, the whip, majority whip, compared Trump's refusal to concede to what Hitler did in Germany. Beto O'Rourke, in October 2019, I don't think that speaking the truth and calling things by their right name is any way disqualifying and being able to do work for Going forward, O'Rourke told Washington Post reporter Robert Acosta, I think sooner rather than later, a majority of Americans, including Republicans, are going to see Trump for who he is, an administration, what he's done. Outside of the Third Reich, give me another Western leader, blah, blah, blah. Bill Maher, thank you, thank you. We're going to make Germany great again. That I can tell you, believe me, the subtitle read, and that was in 2016. Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, shared a TV gaffe that showed a title of an Adolf Hitler documentary under President Donald Trump as he spoke as a campaign rally. Donnie Deutsch. Think about that our country now and our commander-in-chief authorized ICE military briefs to literally go to the streets of 10 cities across the country, including New York, where we are, and storm and show up and grab families. We're going to be scary places, guys. It's always happened in part of the world where, where they're happening now. There, there are not MS-13 members. The overwhelming statistic of people coming in are less criminally disposed. They're running just like the Jews ran from the Nazis. Hank Johnson in 2019 likened him to Trump. That's a short list. We could go on forever. Forever. Pedro Pascal. He was in The Mandalorian. Disney Plus must immediately fire an actor who has made an overwrought Holocaust comparison. Pedro Pascal. Germany, 1944. Kids in cages. Every Democrat made that during it. Every. Every media 
took it and said, hey, this is great shit. She should be fired. She talked about the Holocaust. Waji Ali, employers have the right to hire and fire whom they choose. Right, Republicans? We can't force bakers to bake cakes for gay couples, and we shouldn't force Disney to employ Gina Carano, a hateful conspiracy theorist. The free market will decide. Meritocracy. That is the way. I was told meritocracies. Bad, but okay. Always bad faith arguments from the right. Cruelty for everyone. Civility for them. James Gunn apologized for his tweets that were years old. A right-wing campaign has launched to fire him. Gina doubled down on her position. She has the right to it, and Disney has the right to move on. I'm for people being able to apologize for tweets and previous comments. We should be forgiving society, give people chances to learn and atone. We have to balance with accountability, equity, and always many bad faith actors who only want a freedom to be cruel without consequences. Steve Coleman, are you not able to make a case just about her? Why does it always have to make comparison to someone or something else? She did nothing wrong, and you're acting like she did. She has to apologize to the world. No, not really. There are laws that say you can't refuse to hire a man because he's black. You know that. Of course, being honest ruins your stick. And, and the left's always big on this. They're big on they're, they're like, oh, yeah, you, you fired him because he's gay. You built laws so people can just say that. They can be a shitty performer and do absolutely nothing right, but yeah. Okay. This whole th- fucking thing's a fucking joke. Mike Saranovich, the blacklisting of Gina Carano is proof that the left views anyone who dissents as people who must be destroyed. They hate you. Don't live in denial or pretend otherwise. Stop trying to be friends or debate them. They want you in gulags. Get your mind in the fucking game. Disney rehired James Gunn after his tweets about the Holocaust, pedophilia, and rape. And somebody screenshotted him. Here's just a few. Uh, RT Peltatron, I like it when little boys touch me in my silly place. This hotel shower is the weakest ever. Felt like a three-year-old was peeing on my head. There's hundreds. He's still employed. But, you know, so was, you know. Everybody fawned over the Lincoln Project. Um, more articles. They, I have hundreds of articles. I'm not going to. Um, speaking of Nazi analogies, the Atlantic just published a journal who said covering Trump made him feel like a 20-year-old storming Omaha Beach. Think of that. That whole summer, people like Cuomo were saying, D-Day guys were Antifa who were beating people in the street. That video that was played for the defense is the first time a lot of people have seen what they were doing and killing people. But we didn't even count those deaths. We don't have any deaths. We don't, we don't have a death count. Congressional candidate introduces the 2021 project to teach about a treasonous, racist, Nazi Republican. Mark Judson from college, or Congress, Scorched Earth Dem 2022. Racist Nazi Republicans are afraid of the 1619 Project, which teaches kids about slavery. Introducing my 2021 project will teach kids about the War of Republican Treason, 1995 to future, and how Team Cruz and the GOP traitors tried to overthrow our democracy from a dictator. He's probably going to get hired. Yeah. Um... 
Progressive hero John Fetterman citing the Sandy Hook massacre defense chasing down a black jocker and holding him at gunpoint. John Fetterman, Pennsylvania Lieutenant Governor, and a Democrat Senate candidate said a video he used a gun in 2013 detained Christopher Myers, a black man jogging near his home, after saying he heard gunshots. Police said Myers was unarmed. That's the guy that's been taken all over the fucking airwaves and was the one who said that Donald Trump won't win. But no voter fraud or anything. None. If you think that, you're a piece of shit. Los Angeles Time review of Andy NGO's Anifa book compares him to Joseph Goebel because he's actually talking about the truth. Because truth is misinformation. Someone screenshotted one of my tweets and found the company I work for and sent it to them. And eventually ended up on the director of operations desk. Too bad. That's me. That's one of million. Andrea Mitzel gets in a tussle with Senator Cruz over literature and loses. Senator Cruz says impeachment trials like Shakespeare full of sound and fury signifying nothing. No, that's Faulkner. And then the whole world had to show her she doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. And right now, the left is belittling calls for Bank of America boycott grow after data given to FBI. Well, here's the reality. I found, because Google's only about the left... The left's been trying to cancel Bank of America forever for gay shit. They gave up some gay people's information. Outed them. Washington Post obit headline for NFL legend is nastier than the paper's take on dead terrorists who are poets. This is an actual thing, but Marty Schottenheimer was a conservative. Marty Schottenheimer, NFL coach who teams wilted in the postseason... Dies at 77. Abu Bakar al-Baghdadi, austere religious scholar and helm of Islamic State, dies at 48. Side by side. Yeah. Then let's talk about anti-Jewish shit. One of Trump's lawyers was Jewish, and he didn't wear his yarmulke because he didn't want it to sway the juries. Because everybody but never-Trumpers and people who read the New York Times, who doesn't report it because it's not national news, they say, knows that the left has a problem with Jews. Like, black people are beating them the fuck up in New York. The Women's March was totally anti-Semitic. And when the tablet broke it, that person's no longer employed. But all those people had to scatter to the winds because, let's be honest, one of their founders was a super-Islamist. Here's S.E. Cup from CNN. Does the water fall off his head or he's a religious observant Jew, not a kappa, seeing the unfunny reason for the hand head gesture and wishing I laid off the snark like my mom taught me. Apologies to Mr. Schoen and I'll do better. We all know you won't because she won't. And then I was going to go into Lincoln Project. The reality is, and the the post that I, I, or the point I want to get across, 100%, no doubt, you know all these people were in McCain's campaign. They were always fucking liberals. They weren't That's why the moment Trump got elected, the guy who literally ran on defunding 
or yeah, defunding and getting rid of the ACA was the guy that saved it. He totally saved it. And voted with the Democrats. That's John McCain. It says everything we need to know about half of these campaigns. That's why Trump won with conservatives that, you know, the left, the right doesn't want, but that's the conservatives wanted. Somebody go back and fight. We have nobody fighting for us. Nobody's stopping this cancel culture except for Hawkley or Holly. Tom Brady is now being accused of racism for winning the Super Bowl. Kansas City star writer says white people wearing a Patrick Mahomes wig is nearly blackface. Bachelor host apologizing for perpetuating racism after asking for grace from a battle that contestant. I mean, there's millions. I'm just doing a little bit. I'm just doing a little bit. It doesn't stop. You just spat on 1.5 million children massacred in the Holocaust. Blue check drop for using Ivanka Trump children in anti-Semitic meme. Here are two photos. The first is the original propaganda photo sent out by the White House. The second is my satirical take on the original propaganda photo. My intent was to illustrate the actual values of the Zaborn family. So suck it up, snowflakes. And they're all wearing Nazi garb. That person didn't get banned by Twitter. Um, After banning Project Veritas, Twitter spokes tells Yashar Ali that Lincoln Project private DM stunt does not violate Twitter rules. And the whole world, what? No, because Lincoln Project was good until finally they dissolved. Uh, Damn Crenshaw, point-by-point thread on his conservative guide to the culture. I'm going to save that. Let me get to the rest of this. ABC News Chief Political Analyst Matthew Dowd. This is... Okay. He's for ABC, so he's good. New details on the awful accident on I-35 southwest of Fort Worth this morning. Police say 75 to 100 vehicles involved. Five, now seven people have died. Matthew Dowd. I saw this picture in the news today. I didn't read the story. Was this a picture of one of Trump's impeachment defense team's presentations? The entire world. This needs to be deleted. People died in the crash. Five people died in that accident yesterday. Probably not the best joke material. Not funny. You realize this is a fatal crash. People died, Matt. But remember, he is the independent on ABC. The independent. I have so much shit on the link, and I'm not going to go into it. They're just dead. Here's SC Cup again. Trump lost the presidency, the House, the Senate, the trust of American voters, the belief in free and fair elections, the credibility of the Republican Party, the admiration of our allies, the fear of our enemies. What exactly are Republicans defending? Kyle Becker. Instead of worrying about people defending Trump, he is being impeached, by the way. Maybe journalists should pivot to holding accountable Biden them in an intent to rule by executive fiat. Kills jobs at record pace and causing the cost of living to increase during a pandemic. Nope, not going to cover that shit. We're going to go into that next, after Naritandon. We have just policies to end the show. It'll be rapid fire. Just rapid fire. New York Times. Christoph, my new column. Can we put Fox News on trial with Trump? With a couple of suggestions for how we do that, hint, should every American with basic cable have to pay $20 a year to Fox News to underwrite extremists and seditionists? Dallin, uh, some Twitter person, what in the hell name is the matter with you? I'm old enough to remember when journalists stuck for free speech. You guys are the real 
fascist. Jesse Kelly, American communists are no different than communists have always been. Check your own house before you try to wreck another, Nikki. I can't believe not being humiliated to be associated with the New York Times right now. This is all the more shameful. But they, they tweet this all the time. Violent attacks in India have been coordinated and promoted on Twitter, and the government asked them to take the accounts down in accordance with the Indian law. Twitter limited some, but has decided to allow many. This is Twitter safety. However, we have not taken any action on accounts that consist of news media entities, journalists, activists, and politicians. We will continue to advocate for the right of free expression on behalf of the people we serve and are exploring options under Indian law, but they're taking every conservative off. Twitter looks like former House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence Chair and Trump ally Devin Nunes may have been booted from Twitter. Account suspended. Very odd that Devin Nunes' official congressional account was suspended for a while today, and his personal account was not. Wonder what's going on. Is Nunes using the account to send and direct messages that Twitter staff are worried about? Twitter says that Devin Nunes' account was suspended in air. It's always air. That's their answer for everything. That's their answer for everything. Remember, Nick Cannon called all white people savages. Uncanceled. He's back in business. Bruce Springsteen, who said we had to have unity, got a DUI in November. Everybody in the media sat on it. Nobody knew. Because they wanted the commercial to go through. To help Biden with unity. If he was a conservative, do you think everybody in the world know he had a DUI? Oh, fucking hell yeah. A new Marshall Plan, so-called expert tells Axios how to deprogram American extremists. Online platform, meanwhile, must be unwavering in their commitment to root out conspiracy theories and lies that undermine faith in democracy, according to expert interviewed by Axios. But yet, all they do is censor conservatives while this is going on. Christopher F. Rufo, a Philadelphia elementary school, forced fifth grade students to celebrate black communism and simulate a black power rally to free Angela Davis from prison. I've obtained exclusive whistleblower documents and photographs from the sto- st- for the story. Last year, a fifth grade teacher at the William D. Kelly School designed a social studies curriculum to celebrate the political radical Angela Davis praising the black communists for a fight against inequality and telling students to define communism in favorable terms. At the end of the unit, the teacher led the 10 and 11 year old students into a school auditorium to simulate a black power rally to free Angela Davis from prison, where she has once been held on charges of murder. The students chanted, Black Power and Free Angela. The school population is 94% black and 100% economically disadvantaged. Academically, academically, it is one of the worst performing schools in the state. By graduation, only 13% will achieve basic literacy. That's okay, though. I mean, we could talk about Mulan like a lot of conservatives are and how they think the Chinese government. But here's a prepper for policies. New York Democrats turn on government Cuomo after cover-up on nursing homes. Remember all the COVID conspiracies? And if you talked about it, you were silenced on Twitter. Do we remember that? Well, it looks like Cuomo did. 
So we end on our conservative guide by Dan Crenshaw, and then we'll go into a quick narrative and finish on our policies. That while they're distracting with all this bullshit, this is what he's ramming through. Dan Crenshaw, the conservative guide to culture wars, I'm in no particular order. One, America is worthy of our love and patriotism. Victor mentality is better than victim mentality. Free speech is absolute. Hate speech is not an objective term. It doesn't matter what kind of gun you restrict. Criminals still hurt people. Let us protect ourselves. You get to keep wealth you create and pass it on to your kids. The government has no right to shut down your business or invade your home without due process, even in pandemics. Women should not have to complete against men and women's sports. Verifying ID to vote is not racist. It is common sense. Border and national sovereignty are not racist or xenophobic. You can't have freedom without order, order without law, law without morality, morality without religion, or religion without God. Innocent until proven guilty, not the other way around. Personal responsibility is a virtue. Never give in to cancel culture. But stay humble and apologize when you're wrong. The founding was 1776, not 1619. Stand for the anthem. Policy that favor one race over another is not social justice. It's racism. It's Latino, not Latinx. Less abortion, more adoption. Only women can be pregnant and breastfeed. It's okay to lose in a competitive sports, and second-place trophies don't help anyone. More police, not to fund them. We don't tear up the past. We learn from it. This list is not exhaustive. I'm keeping it. We need to live by it. We truly do. If we don't start standing up and stopping the hypocrisy the left gets away with, And I say the left, once again, I'm an independent, I'm not a Trumper, I'm not part of the GOP, I'm registered because you had to pick something here. We're losing the country. We've already lost a Republican president forever, I truly believe that. But we're losing the basic tenets of our society because we're letting fascists rule the public square. And one of them will be ruling our budget. You wrote that Susan Collins is, quote, the worst, that Ted, Tom Cotton is a fraud, that vampires have more heart than Ted Cruz. Uh, you called Leader McConnell, Moscow Mitch, and Voldemort, um, and on and on. I, I wonder specifically, how do you plan to mend fences and build relationships with members of Congress you have attacked through your public statements? Senator, uh, I very much appreciate that question. I recognize the concern. I deeply regret and apologize for my language and some of my past language. You wrote that Susan Collins is, quote, the worst, that Ted, Tom Cotton is a fraud, that vampires have more heart than Ted Cruz. Uh, you called Leader McConnell, Moscow Mitch, and Voldemort. Um, and on and on. I, I... Typically, the OMB director is uh, is, is not a uh, a partisan uh, in particular uh, because you have to have these kinds of relationships. Um, I believe that the tone, the content, and the aggressive partisanship of some of your public statements 
have added to the troubling trend of more incivility and division in our public life. Um, and in your case, I'm concerned that your personal attacks about specific senators will make it more difficult for you to work with them. Just to mention a few of the thousands of negative public statements, you wrote that Susan Collins is, quote, the worst, that Ted, Tom Cotton is a fraud, that vampires have more heart than Ted Cruz. Uh, you called Leader McConnell, Moscow Mitch, and Voldemort, um, and on and on. I, I wonder specifically, how do you plan to mend fences and build relationships with members of Congress you have attacked through your public statements? Senator, uh, I very much appreciate that question. I recognize the concern. I deeply regret and apologize for my language and some of my past language. Um, I recognize that this role is a bipartisan role and I know I have to earn the trust of senators across the board. Uh, I will work uh, very aggressively to, to uh, meet that concern. You wrote that Susan Collins is, quote, the worst, that Ted, Tom Cotton is a fraud, that vampires have more heart than Ted Cruz. Uh, you called Leader McConnell, Moscow Mitch, and Voldemort, um, and on and on. I, I wonder specifically, how do you plan to mend fences and build relationships with members of Congress you have attacked through your public statements? Senator, uh, I very much appreciate that question. I recognize the concern. I deeply regret and apologize for my language and some of my past language. Um, I recognize that this role is a bipartisan role, and I know I have to earn the trust of senators across the board. Uh, I will work uh, very aggressively to, to uh, meet that concern. Promote vague concepts such as social welfare, racial justice, and human dignity. All goals that we should all seek, I guess, but it's kind of hard to quantify it. It's important that we debate the issues and try to minimize the level of personal and vicious attacks that seem to be so prevalent all over this country today. Um, I have a letter in front of me from, as I'm sure you have seen, a number of Republican members of the House concerned about some of the things you said as uh, the head of CAP, but of course your attacks were not just made against Republicans. There were vicious attacks made against uh, progressives, uh, people who I have worked with, me personally. So as you um, come before this committee to assume a very important role in the United States government uh, at a time when we need serious work on serious issues and not personal attacks on anybody, whether they're on the left or the right, can you reflect a little bit about some of your decisions and the personal statements that you have made in recent years? Yes, Senator, I really appreciate that question, and I recognize that my language and my uh, expressions on social media, you know, um, caused hurt to people, and I feel badly about that, and I really regret it, and I recognize this. It's really important for me to demonstrate that I can work with others and I look forward to taking that burden and I apologize to people on either the left or right who are hurt by what I've said. Okay. And as you know, it's not a question of being hurt. We're all big boys and I don't see too many girls here, but big boys. 
uh, who get attacked all the time. But it's important that we make the attacks expressing our differences on policy and that we don't need to make personal attacks no matter what view somebody may hold. So can we assume that as the director of the OMB we're going to see a different approach if you are uh, appointed than you have uh, taken at the cap? Absolutely. And I would say, you know, social media does um, lead to too many personal comments and my approach will be radically different. Thank you. For being here, going through the process, uh, all that you've done, I, I do want to clarify some things, though, a couple of my colleagues have mentioned as well. Uh, President Biden, on his very first full day in office, stood in front of the staff of the White House and said this statement. I'm not joking when I say this. If you ever work with me and I hear you treat another colleague with disrespect, talk down to someone, I promise you I will fire you on the spot. On the spot. No ifs, ands, or buts. Challenge you have obviously is walking in some of your previous statements, as you've already mentioned. You actually have tweeted more in the past four years than President Trump tweeted, as far as just numbers, and it's been pretty hostile. Obviously, you've called Republicans criminally ignorant, corrupt, and the worst. And as you've already mentioned, over a thousand tweets have actually been deleted by you as you tried to clear up. There's still a lot that's there as well. All that's partisan. I get that. I do have a concern, though, because some of the statements that you've made seem to drift out of the partisan issues. One statement that you made about uh, people that have the personal religious convictions about contraception, like Little Sisters of the Poor and others, called them a successful political cudgel helping isolate extreme advocates from the mainstream. That one seems to cross a different line for me. So help me understand how the personal religious beliefs of some Americans could be a successful political cudgel. Well, Senator, first of all, I want to say that if uh, for anyone offended by my language, you know, I feel I feel badly about that. I think in that regard, I was more speaking to people who politicize religion, not people who believe in religion, and political leaders who politicize religion, not people. You know, I'm a person of faith myself, and deeply right. respect people of all. In all faith traditions. The, the context didn't seem to be about people that use religion as a cudgel. It seemed to be that the, the personal beliefs of those individuals became the cudgel. That's the part that threw me in that. So we can talk more at length on this, but obviously yeah. President Biden has talked a lot about tone. You walk into this being hired with a very, very different tone than when President Biden says that he is looking for on that. So that's kind of stood out in this process to us. Uh, and we're we're hopeful that if confirmed that this is a very different thing. Um, something that this committee has asked pretty frequently of nominees is will you commit to working across the aisle? And that's one we have to ask you a little more blunt than others because it's been pretty clear that hasn't been your position in the past. Senator, I very much appreciate that question. I do. Uh, I want to say that I do think the last several years have been very polarizing, and I apologize for my language that uh, has contributed to that. I would also say that uh, in, in previous times, I've worked across the aisle on issues like support of the transatlantic relationship, immigration, support for small businesses, worked even in the last few years with institutions like AEI and Cato on these important issues. And so... I know it's on me to demonstrate to this committee and to Republican members and Democratic members I can work with anyone. And it's that burden is on my shoulders, and it is one that I plan to 
take on, and I will do my best to work with you on any issue that we can and where we can make progress for the Great. American people. Let, let, let's try to figure that out. You actually have tweeted more in the past four years than President Trump tweeted as far as just numbers. So I'm super online. Like, uh, it's often a criticism of me. Like, I'm on Twitter all the time. I'm on Instagram. And um, there's a few people, media people and political people in general, who are, like, the worst trolls of, of anyone. And I won't say their names, but people definitely know who they are. And I would have put Nira in that category, honestly. She just seemed like she was, it's not even just what she said. It was, well, a lot of it is what she said. But she was really sort of unhinged on Twitter. And she would just go after everyone. And she was extremely reactive. And it's not so much just like you said that she was saying Moscow, Mitch, it's more that we're electing her to a position of huge power and influence in the U.S. government. And I don't want someone this reactive and impulsive in charge. Look what just happened when we uh, elected someone president who was that reactive and crazy and couldn't control themselves on Twitter. I am done with this. I'm done with po political officials, people in, in higher office, people in media. We have to talk to each other the way we would in person. Here's the reality. I knew about Nira Tanding because she was brought on like she was a great person by Chuck Todd. And that's when Meet the Press stopped being a news show and became the Democrat Power Hour. She's a hateful fucking bitch. She's a troll. Nira Tanden deletes more than 1,000 incendiary tweets. Bernie Sanders had a problem with her. And she had to make a promise she wouldn't make um, fucking vicious attacks. Nira Tandon tweets, aren't so bad, says the left. There's a bunch of articles today. Will Rude tweets, get Nira Tandon blocked. Vampires have more heart than Ted Cruz. She atones, Politico says. Atones, New York Post. Biden OMB picked Nira Tandon apologize for tweets attacking GOP senators. Uh, Vanity Fair, or Insider, I'm sorry. Why Nira Tandon Biden's new pick for top economic role has been called a terrible leader and impossible to trust by some of her former colleagues. She is the original Nicole Hannah-Jones. Jones, The first troll that just went hateful those 1,000 tweets probably have 600 Nazi reference. Nicole Hannah-Jones sparks backlash for doxing free Beacon reporter, because I'm lumping them together. Nicole had posted on Twitter the personal contact information of a reporter was asking her for comment about the newspaper's latest internal drama. Hannah-Jones tweeted out an email from Washington Free Beacon Associated editor Arab Suburmium on Saturday that included his phone number. But she's still a good person. Nicole Hannah-Jones about her tweets violating NYT's policy on racial slurs, so she doxes him. This is what Tandon did. This is the kind of thing she did. Trying to rewrite history, Nicole Hannah-Jones has apparently decided to avoid future charges of hypocrisy. She wiped her Twitter clean. I'm not going to go on the New York Times stuff. But she wiped it clean. Completely clean. Because what they said made the fight, fight, fight 
Not that bad. But yeah, Mandalorian star, you got to go. You talked about Nazis. So I want I, I know it was a long soundbite, but I had to play that because that I know who that person is. And I talked about it. You go back to the early catalog. I used to have Nira Tandon on here about every week, so I used to watch Meet the Press before I just couldn't handle it anymore. It's just like fucking sucking guy it's like free basin fucking intersectionality. Can't do it. So let's go into our policies, and before we go into the policies to end the show, I'm going to play a soundbite that just shows you what's wrong with our country completely. Why we don't have free elections. Why we're just garbage. Garbage. You're going to see a cute little soundbite. And in this, uh, the president gives a unmasked media per- person who called him Joe his cup of coffee. There was no outrage on any of this. All I got yesterday was journos, blue checks, and Democrats, and never Trumpers, saying, isn't it beautiful how much love they had? She put some hearts on the White House. It's good to have a first couple that's loving and blah, 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 blah. But that's our journalism. That's how it's going to be for four years. Then I'm going to play him, them not saying that Israel's an ally, and then just him Doing as usual, that it's Trump's fault for COVID, press secretary shit. You'll see in here the, the duck low stuff that I'm not going to go deep on, but just understand the guy that was dating the Axios person then threatened this person. And Biden and the media and everybody jerked off with KY, double handed, how great he's going he's gonna to hold people accountable. They just suspended him for a week because he's a good guy. But he threatened the reporter who broke the story. And it is a story. When you do two scoops of ice cream and they don't know where the light switches are and Trump is a horrible person all the time, you make everything a goddamn story. But this will be the last insider baseball we're going to get because the word's going to be out on the Slack channels about you shut your fucking mouth. Don't you hurt Grandpa Joe. Yeah, I'm petty. I'm going to use the fight, fight, fight. The fight, fight, fight. And once again, that's why, unlike a lot of people, I wasn't freaked out about Trump. Because I've been listening, I actually pay attention. I do what Dan Crenshaw said, but I did it in 2015 when I started this podcast. Listen to what the left says and believe them. Just believe them. That's who they are. They are fucking hateful people, and they fucking hate you. They hate Christians. They hate gun owners. They hate Southerners. They hate people with beards. They hate white people. They hate themselves. They're just hateful fucking fascists that if they can silence everybody so it's only one point of view, oh, they will. And that's what they're doing with these policies. So before we start deep diving into stuff, and I just lumped it all up front so you see COVID and you, you see everything. Illegal immigration skyrockets 157% in January. Understand, and I'm, I'm just going to paraphrase, because I have so much stuff, I'm just going to paraphrase stuff. If you get a DUI, you're not getting deported. U.S. Marshals, ICE, reevaluate operations on sex offenders. They're having problems that you can't deport. They just had two cases in one state where a guy has had three DUIs, he was deported once, and he's got to stay because you can't get rid of him. And we'll get to it later, but we're also saying we're going to have interstate COVID restrictions because Florida is doing better than New York, and we don't want to talk about New York because Cuomo lied. So we're going to stop people from traveling to Florida, but we're not stopping anybody coming in. 
We're not even checking them for COVID. Fuck that shit. All the policies are based on intersectionality. So I start you with this. Poverty is not naturally occurring. It is a policy choice. Representative Anya Preisler. We're going to go with stuff like this. A Republican lawmaker in Georgia has filed legislation that would ban transgender, girl, transgender girls from competing at single-gender sporting events if it doesn't align with their gender identified as birth. ACLU. The reality is that people like J.K. Rowling and Schreier and all the rest of them are closely aligned with white supremacists in power, and the rhetoric in turn creates a dangerous policy proposals and eventually laws. We have a lot of mobilizing to do. So that's going to overlay everything. The UN, five things we must normalize for men. Crying, sharing, and the caring. Sharing the care, showing emotion, seeking help, sharing feelings. Update list, ignoring feminist advice, getting buff, get a solid job, find the Clinton G-spot, wife, kids, home ownership. That was a joke. But those, those are going to overlay all this. There is no... P is full of pride. Nickelodeon Blues Clues pushes LGBT messages. You're going to have Disney Plus pushing the person the Democrats didn't even want. That's why she dropped out for president, who's now a vice president, the best person ever. You're going to have this, the intimate care line that's all about your glow up. This is intimate care designed with teens and experts at Vagisil, so period funk and bikini itch don't get in your way. Vagisil is using period shaming to sell products. It's one thing when you target adults, but now they're starting even earlier. Yeah. Then you're going to get this. This is all Biden. This is all Biden policies. Understand all this is his administration. It's his party. Nurses advise to swap words such as breast milk for more inclusive human milk. Chest feeding makes a comeback. New inclusive maternal languages. We also recognize that there is a currently biological essentialism and transphobia present within the elements of mainstream birth narratives and discourse. We strive to protect our trans and non-binary services users and healthcare professionals from the additional persecution as a consequence of terminology changes, recognizing the significant impact that can have on psychological and emotional well-being. People have periods, and they have trannies, Gay guys, uh, women, uh, all sorts of people. To my immigration, Biden, breaking. President Biden has terminated the national emergency at the southern border, first declared by Trump in 2019, and says no more American taxpayer dollars will be diverted to construct a border wall. Chad Pergam, A, Biden letter to Congress, I have determined that the declaration of national emergency at our southern border was unwarranted. B, Biden, I have also announced that it shall be the policy of my administration that no more American taxpayer dollars be diverted to construct a border wall and that I am directing a careful review of all resources appropriate or redirected at the end. RBE pundit, but he somehow wants to impose a ban on traveling between states. Instead, Biden wants to build borders around states so family can't travel to Florida. Biden logic restrict travel by American citizens between U.S. state borders, but open U.S. national borders to non-citizens. And before we get into executive orders, this was yesterday in the media. They're still in your heart. 
I just wanted some, you know, joy, and I think things have been, you know, so with the pandemic, just everybody's feeling a little down, so it's just a little joy, a little hope, that's all. There's hope. You just have to stay strong. A lot of people have gone through unbearable suffering. They've lost their families, lost their children, lost their husbands, wives, moms, dads, and it's almost unbearable. The only thing I can say to them is that they're still in your heart. I'll bring the donuts next Friday if you come back. Okay. <laughs> I tell you what, I apologize here. I didn't I didn't have a taste. I, I didn't even I didn't even have a taste. Here, come on. I promise you. I, I'm going to get in trouble. I don't have my mask. I give you my word. I didn't have any. Well, thank okay. you. I appreciate okay. it. Okay. All right. <laughs> See you guys. Thank you, sir. Time frame of uh, the president speaking with Netanyahu. I don't, I don't have an exact uh, timeline to give you uh, other than uh, he's looking forward to having the conversation. They've known each other for some time. Uh, there are certainly areas of mutual interest. Um, and uh, as soon as he makes that call, we will let you all know. Give us further details about the conversation that National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan had with his Israeli counterpart, I believe, to discuss Iran yesterday. Uh, I don't have additional details on that. I'm happy to talk to Jake and see if there's more we can read out for all of you. Yeah, that'd be really great. And, and still on the issue of the Middle East, I mean, I know that you're saying that, you know, things are still under review, including policies like the Abraham, Abraham Accords. But can you please just give a, a, a broad sense of what the administration is trying to achieve in the Middle East? For example, does the administration still consider the, the Saudis and the Israelis important allies? Uh, well, uh, you know, again, I think we uh, there are ongoing processes and internal interagency processes, one that we, I think, confirmed in interagency meeting just last week to discuss a range of issues uh, in the Middle East. Um, we're, we've only been here three and a half weeks, uh, and I think I'm going to let those policy processes see themselves through before we give kind of a complete lay down of what our national security approaches will be to a range of issues. It's no secret that the vaccination program was in much worse shape than my team and I anticipated. We were under the impression and been told that we had a lot more resources than we did when we came into office. We've only been here three weeks, but we've learned a great deal in those three weeks. While scientists did their job in discovering vaccines in record time, my predecessor, be very blunt about it, did not do his job in getting ready for the massive challenge of vaccinating hundreds of millions of Americans. He didn't order enough vaccines. He didn't mobilize enough people to administer the shots. He didn't set up a federal vaccine centers where eligible people could go and get their shots. When I became president three weeks ago, America had no plan to vaccinate most of the country. It's, it was a big mess. It's going to take time to fix, to be blunt with you. I promised when I did my inaugural address that I'll always be straight with you, give it to you straight from the shoulder. I will not walk away when we make a mistake. I'll acknowledge it and tell you the truth. We started on day one. We won't. David, we're sitting by for Governor Cuomo's press conference, his daily briefing. How would you contrast Cuomo and President Trump's handling of the crisis? Truth versus mendacity. Governor Cuomo um, out there day after day after day, everything Trump isn't, honest, direct, brave. Real leadership of the kind the president of the United States should have provided. Governor Cuomo is clearly living in a totally different reality, the actual one, 
than the president of the United States. Governor Cuomo has become a national leader. For a lot of people, Andrew Cuomo has become the leader of the Democratic Party. He is conveying incredible strength. You spoke to National Guard troops today in a stirring speech that if I wasn't listening carefully, I thought you would sending soldiers off to war. This has been a remarkable show of leadership by Governor Cuomo in recent days. He's providing hope, but not false hope. Governor Cuomo, no. I think, is, is, is one of the heroes on, on the front lines. With all of this adulation that you're getting for doing your job, are you thinking about running for president? Andrew Cuomo, who has a daily television show now uh, and has become in some ways the shadow uh, president. Maybe Trump is just a little bit mad that Governor Cuomo has become a kind of acting president. Dealing with hardship actually makes you stronger. That's what Governor Cuomo said earlier today. That's what I'm going to go teach my kids right now at home. Rescue plan, but we want to wait to see what the health and uh, medical experts uh, have in those guidelines to ensure we're directing those resources in the right way or working with states to do exactly that. Okay. Secondly, on President Biden's transgender rights executive action, specifically when it applies to high school sports, mm -hmm. uh, what message would the White House have for trans girls and cis girls who may end up competing against each other and uh, in, in sparking some lawsuits and some concern uh, among parents. So does the administration have guidance for schools on dealing with disputes arising over trans girls competing against and with cis girls? I'm not sure what your question is. The president's executive order has- I'm familiar with the order, but what, what was your question about it? My question is, does the president have a message for local school officials on dealing with these kind of disputes that are already starting to arise? Between, uh, you know, trans girls are competing and cis girls in a level playing field, it's particularly in high school sports when it leads to college scholarships. Is there any kind of messaging or clarification that the White House wants to give on the executive order? I would just say that the president's belief is that uh, trans rights are human rights, and that's why he signed that executive order. Uh, and in terms of the determinations by universities and colleges, I would certainly defer to them. Uh, go ahead. In the, oh, sorry, Caitlin, go ahead. Go ahead. And then we go to the back. Go ahead. But uh, there are people living paycheck to paycheck. There are now people out of job once the Keystone pipe, out of jobs once the Keystone pipeline uh, stopped construction. It's been 12 days since Gina McCarthy and John Kerry were here, and it's been 19 days since that deal. So, what are these people who need money now? When do they get their green job? Well, uh, the the president and many Democrats and Republicans in Congress believe that investment in infrastructure, building infrastructure uh, that's in our national interests uh, and that boosts the U.S. economy, creates good-paying union jobs here in America and advances our climate and clean energy goals are something that we can certainly work on doing together. And he has every plan to uh, share more about his uh, details of that plan in the, in the weeks ahead. And then just a quick one on the stimulus. There's reporting that House Democrats are going to come out with a $3,000 per child stimulus for mm -hmm. some eligible families. Is that something that the White House supports making a permanent benefit? Well, the president talked about this uh, a bit on the campaign trail and the importance of um, child tax credits uh, to help working families um, ensure they can make it ends meet. This proposal is emergency funding, as I understand it. Uh, it's a central priority of his first legislative proposal to cut child poverty in half in in the first this year, sorry. Um, and that's why he included a child tax credit in the American Rescue Plan. Uh, but that's, again, emergency funding and something that will help people get through this period of time. Thank you, Jen. I do have a question on both of the first on energy. When is it that the Biden administration is going to let the thousands of uh, fossil fuel industry workers, whether it's pipeline workers or construction workers, 
who are either out of work or will soon be out of work because of a Biden EO, uh, when it is and where it is that they can go for their green job. And that is something the administration has promised. Uh, there is now a gap. So I'm just curious when that happens, when those people can count on that. Well, I'd certainly welcome you to present your data of all the thousands and thousands of people who uh, won't be getting a green job. Maybe next time you're here, you can well, present well, that. But you said that they would be getting green jobs, so I'm just asking when that happens. Uh, Richard Trumka, who is a friend, longtime friend mm -hmm. of Joe Biden, says about that day one Keystone EO, he says, I wish he, the president, had paired that more carefully with the thing that he did second by saying, here's where we are creating the jobs. So... There's partial evidence from Richard Trumka. Well, you didn't include all of his interview. Okay. Would you like okay. to include the rest? So, so how about this? Uh, the Laborers International Union of North America said the Keystone decision will cost 1,000 existing union jobs and 10,000 projected construction jobs. Well, what Mr. Trumka also indicated in the same interview was that President Biden has proposed a climate plan with transformative investments in infrastructure and laid out a plan that will not only create millions of good union jobs, but also help tackle the climate crisis. And as the president has indicated when he gave his primetime address uh, to talk about the American Rescue Plan, he talked about his plans to also put forward a jobs plan uh, in the in the weeks or months following. And he has every plan to do exactly that. Meantime, the World Health Organization is dismissing the idea that the coronavirus leaked from a Chinese lab, setting off the chain of events that has now claimed more than two million lives worldwide. All fucking day long. Biden has now signed 52 executive orders and actions in the first 20 days. Where can I get the information? Just like I can get how many people died, that Cystic wasn't killed. Oh, I can I can get that from the Guardian. They're reporting. COVID-19, established response coordinators, improved data collection, established ta data collections, except for New York. Established task force, limiters to spend entry in the U.S. But that's xenophobic, Mr. President! What the fuck? Remember, we played... Trump's a racist for stopping China to Trump didn't do it soon enough. Relief. Help local communities house people who are homeless. Address the economic fallout. Support studies and assist local areas. Coordinate supplies. Create a COVID testing board. Expand support to states. Guidance. COVID workers. Require masks on domestic transport. Protect federal workers. Require masks on federal lands that he doesn't abide by because he's a fucking president. And he's celebrating. Set stronger work standards. Immigration. Reunify families separated the U.S.-Mexico border, but we're still putting them in overflow. They're not cages anymore. Review the Trump immigration policies. Review rules that might make it hard for people to access the legal immigration process. Reverse Trump's attempted to fund sanctuary cities. Because we don't have to anymore. You need to be illegal. In fact, you're better if you're illegal. You're a better American than me. And I was born here. But I'm a piece of shit because I have a beard and wear camouflage. And I don't think Trump caused the riot. But okay. And construction on the border wall. Reaffirm protection for people brought to the U.S. as children without documentation. Extend a program that protects li li librarian, Liberian immigration. End Trump travel ban. But start new travel bans. Rejoin the Paris Climate Agreement, which, by the way, they already fucking... Let's do this. Great job. 
France already found guilty of failing to meet its own Paris Climate Accord commitments. Um, Four environmentalist groups are crying victory after France was found guilty of failing to meet climate change goals and committed to an historic accord signed and named for its capital city. The administrative tribunal of Paris ruled Wednesday that France has fallen short of its promise to reduce greenhouse gases under the commitment made in 2015. Nobody's following it. We will. You'll pay $9 gas. You know, fuck it. Suck it up, buttercup. Reverse an array of Trump policies as executive to protect public health and environment and restoring science to tackle climate crisis. Science. This week it's been that uh, we're going to go back to cooling. Once again, I'm not a climate denier, but now the verbiage is we're going to an ice age. I read that online from scientists. This is part of it. It's the day after tomorrow. Which the day after tomorrow, I'm going to get eight inches of snow. But they're saying that colder winters. Last year was going to have warmer winters. Year before, warmer winters. Trump got out of the Paris climate. We're going to have scalding winters. Now it's going to have cold winters. Okay. Reverse an order that restricts diversity inclusion training. We're all going to get 1619. Uh, executive order on preventing and combi- uh, combating discrimination on the basis of gender. Executive order on naming all qualified Americans to serve in the country, even though it doesn't work because it's a mental illness, but you can't have ADD. I would be like fighting for ADD right now. I got ADD, I'm on drugs, I should build the military. Nope, can't. But if you have ADD and you chop your dick off, you're in. Sounds good. Uh, reaffirm tribal sovereignty. Memorandum condemning the combating racism, xenophobia, and intolerance against Asians. Executive order informing our incarceration system. Eliminate the use of privately operated criminal detention. Memorandum on protecting women's health at home and abroad on 28. That was the everybody's got to get an abortion. Memorandum on redressing our nation and federal government's history of discrimination and housing. Other, reinstate aluminum tariffs. Postpone regulations. Regulatory freeze pending review. Procure you, because he doesn't need to do regulations. He's just doing them all himself from his desk. But that's a dictator. But no, they're telling us that that's been taken out of context. Oh, okay, great. Executive order ensuring that futures made in all of America by all American workers on whatever, procure U.S. goods. Revoke several Trump executive orders. Executive orders on revocation of certain executive orders concerning federal regulations that nobody will tell us what he did. Executive order on President's Council of Advisors on Science. Memorandum on Restoring Trust in Government. Modernizing Regulatory Review. Executive order on Ethics Commitment by Executive Branch which you already broke with Duckett. Executive uh, order on strengthening Medicaid. Executive order on ensuring a lawful and accurate enumeration and appointment of pursuant to the decennial census so that these fucking blue states can have illegals count so they can get more people. Just about votes. They want more representatives. Fact sheet carried by the New York Times and WAPO as law. And this is what they're just regurgitating because they're transcribing. The President Biden just signed executive actions restoring America's place in the world. Except for Israel. Go fuck yourself. New York Times. Copying Roosevelt, Biden wanted a fast start. Now comes the hard part. That's the coverage of 50 fucking two executive actions. 12 by Trump was fascism. Stop fascism now but the decorations that's that's what we covered new york times klein ponders having to dim the sun to fight climate him and gates are in full swing now 
to have airplanes fly and drop dust to stop the sun. Every article I've read that doesn't work. It actually fucks with the climate. But I'm the conspiracy theorist because I say 81 million votes seems a little stretched. Mm. Mm-hmm. Climate refugees. Biden executive orders wants to study on resettling those displaced by climate change. So we're going to take more people in. Okay. Sounds good. Blatant provable lie. This is where we get to the good shit. Joe Biden, I'm not going to shut down the country. I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus, not the country. And then you heard it. I just want to play it again. It's no secret that the vaccination program was in much worse shape than my team and I anticipated. The vaccination program was doing one million Americans today. He walked in because he didn't fucking pay attention. They didn't want to try. You know, the best analogy I can give on this, I remember... OEF-1, and I'm in Afghanistan, the 82nd Airborne comes in, and everybody in the world that knows anything about the 101st 82nd, we fucking hate each other. So they come in, and they don't listen to a fucking thing we say. And before I fly out, they already have a dead guy. They went in an area you're not supposed to go without security element. Guy got shot right in the face. And then they had a security breach. Because they didn't want to do anything we wanted. So this is the Biden administration. So they roll in, they were going to have a million, and then they find out we're already doing a million, and now they've lost vaccines, and they're not improving anything, and he's admitted, I can't fix it, I'm not going to be able to fix it, but we were told the whole time, Trump, anybody that was not masking all the time, which I was, states that weren't locking everybody down, like New York and Chicago and L.A., that all of a sudden, miraculously, even though the data was worse, unopened or unlocked down because they wanted to get Biden a good economy. All this data, you're not listening to the science, blah, 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 fucking blah. The whole election was on Trump was the virus. Trump is killing Americans. Trump killed every American. And as clockwork, you don't have a death count. Nobody's talking about cases anymore. We're miraculously not using tests that were inaccurate, but we were using it for the count for Trump. We're not counting people struck by lightning that came up COVID positive. We're changing every fucking thing for Uncle Joe because it was all a fucking lie. Drew Holden takes series of hammers to the media and blue checks who enabled Andrew Cuomo's COVID-19 reign of terror thread. The walls are closing in on New York coma last night. News broke that his office hid 9,000, now 14,000 deaths in retirement homes. Why it takes so long to come out? Got a theory of theory the media wasn't interested in accountability don't believe me take a look the most important thread you'll read about andrew cuomo the nursing home scandal in the media some content ap scooped the new york governor cuomo and his admin had hidden the numbers of covid patients as rules of return to nursing homes spreading the pandemic among the most vulnerable to avoid doj scrutiny nursing home account for one-third of all u.s deaths in the pandemic but you would have no idea that Cuomo was anything less than perfect if you spent your time watching CNN. It's really hard to overtake not just the frequency of the coverage, but its abject lack of anything that could be called honest journalism. 
Real death is real right. Economic death is not death. The economy we can figure out, right? New York Governor Cuomo. Fox, for 111, for 111 consecutive days, New York Andrew Cuomo sat before PowerPoint slides and graphs. He's America's mayor. The president wants to be optimistic. He wants to see those markets come up. This is why New Governor Cuomo and why Trump medical experts differ on possibilities. We've now found out that he said to the experts, fuck off, I'm doing what I want to do. I don't trust them. That all came out after the election, magically. New York Governor Cuomo on President Trump's false claim, more testing is behind the rise of coronavirus cases. It's factually bogus. The outlet got their key voices involved in pushing the idea that Cuomo was an antidote to Trump. The way that Brian Seltzer talked about New York Governor Cuomo mirrors how Pravda about Putin. There's just a few. Governor Cuomo gets it right, describing the reopening debate. Governor Cuomo, this is a profound moment in history. Our actions are going to shape our future. This virus is a great equalizer. Governor Cuomo said about my best friend brother, Chris Cuomo. I unfairly took a swing at Chris Saliza yesterday. That was out of line. But on this one, well, I think it's a different story. Chris Saliza, how Andrew Cuomo has become the most important voice in the coronavirus case. Our crisis. We have the evidence. His numbers is irrefutable. Why don't we pause and recognize the undeniable reality? Cuomo. Everybody needs to see Andrew Cuomo's inspiring words in the fight against coronavirus. It's like Pravda. I couldn't possibly do this thread without including his brother, Chris. Brotherly affection is one thing, but the fact that CNN used this as front, used this is a front, would have been journalistic malpractice of Cuomo were on the right. Christopher C. Cuomo, I don't usually cover my brother, but tonight's not about politics. It's about Cuomo dealing with everything that this country is facing and will face with coronavirus. We'll get the latest, not uh, not objective but true, the fact tell the story. New York had and has its struggles, but they're doing much better. They're still not much better than Florida. But it's an understatement to say that they weren't alone. MSDNC, Cuomo's recent reopening, New York now has the lowest infection rate in the United States. That was false. There's no way to manage a pandemic in this country, New York Cuomo tells Morning Joe. There's plenty of lessons to learn. New York Governor Cuomo on criticism of his handling of COVID-19 patients being sent back to nursing home. Let's look at the facts. It was Trump's fault. Cuomo has evaluated his game, has elevated his game. What Donald Trump has done is exactly the opposite. I keep going through these trying to decide who's within the media was the worst. Joanne Reed. When you elect a president, you're hiring a crisis manager, not a religious savior, an entertainer or friend. That's it. That's the tweet. Governor Cuomo has been communicating very effectively. Yeah, he was lying. I have such limited space in this thread. There's so many people who helped. Here's two more by Reed. But the real problem wasn't just MSDNC or CNN. It was that every outlet was doing it. ABC, Washington Post, I won't bore you, NPR, NBC, 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 the New York Times. In opinion, Maureen Dowd writes, to the supporters, to surprise of many who did not associate the name Andrew Cuomo with the word empathy, the governor has been a sort of national shrink. BuzzFeed, HuffPost, Anna Navarro. Uh, Ruben Blogger, the conservative, uh, Amy Siskind, the New Yorker, ProPublica, local news, 
Have you heard from some folks that this commentary unfairly leaves out local news who dog Cuomo, and that's a fair criticism. The problem was very much with national news. On the flip side, ABC New York 7 did an excellent job. Governor Cuomo criticized by New York City effort officials for slow, hesitant approach. Coronavirus news. More than 1,700 previously undisclosed deaths at New York nursing homes. They found out. Hmm. New York 1. Three things to watch in nursing homes. Local lawmakers seek justice further investigation in nursing homes. Nursing home crisis. Cuomo defense state handling in nursing homes. And then there was NYC Central, The Citizen, and CA Advice. They were on it. The early days of the pandemic were difficult to say the least. No one had much of an idea what was going on or how best to address it. But that should lead to more questions, not fewer. The media serves an enormous, important role in providing accountability. They failed with Cuomo. Who knows what mistakes could have been avoided and how many lives could have been saved. I wish there was a good or happy way to button this all up, but there isn't. All we can hope for now on is that there's accountability from the DOJ. And there won't be. There won't be. Jake Tapper, just uh, February 12th. This is what it looks like when politicians put the public ahead of their partisan affiliation. Andrew Godaris, this is a betrayal of the public trust. There needs to be full accountability for what happened, and the legislature needs to reconsider a broad grant of emergency powers. Also this, New York severely undercounted virus deaths. Wouldn't it be great if the media did that too, Jake Tapper? No. They're not going to take him to task. People are even saying... Just a general reminder, Brian Seltzer, you said in the media job to hold Biden accountable. Here's him saying. On the spot. This is what he said. You're working with me and I hear you treat another colleague with disrespect. Talk down to someone. I promise you I will fire you on the spot. That's a Duckworth. That's an AP. Or a Cuomo. That's everybody. He ain't going to do that. The media isn't going to do it. AP broke it finally. And then we get Cuomo aides admit that nursing home data, so fed, they hid nursing home data so feds wouldn't find it. And a stunning admission of cover-up was made by Secretary Governor Melissa Medel- De Rosa during a video conference call with state Democratic leaders in which she said Cuomo administration had rebuffed legislative requests for the tally in August because right around that same time, Donald Trump turns this into a gigantic political football, according to an audio recording of a two-hour-plus meeting. And it did, I'm not going to play it. I wanted to, but it's just too long to, to edit. In addition to attacking Cuomo's fellow Democratic governors, DeRosa said Trump directed the Department of Justice to do an investigation into us, and basically, we froze. But what was Brian Seltzer tweeting at the same time? Impeachment trial? What trial? Tucker Carlson. Governor Cuomo A. just admitted that they purposely hid nursing home data from the feds. We first reported New York Governor Cuomo's health department was undercounting nursing deaths back in May. This is what other Mady orgs were reporting. Here's Brian Seltzer. David, we're sitting by for Governor Cuomo's press conference, his daily briefing. How would you contrast Cuomo and President Trump's handling of the crisis? Truth versus mendacity. Governor Cuomo um, out there day after day after day. Everything Trump isn't honest, direct, brave. Real leadership of the kind the president of the United States should have provided. Governor Cuomo is clearly living in a totally different reality. The actual one? 
than the president of the United States. Governor Cuomo has become a national leader. For a lot of people, Andrew Cuomo has become the leader of the let's, Democratic let's Party. Let's play this. I don't know if I have this in my soundbite, so I'm going to play this. We're sitting by for Governor Cuomo's press conference, his daily briefing. How would you contrast Cuomo and President Trump's handling of the crisis? Truth versus mendacity. Governor Cuomo um, out there day after day after day. Everything Trump isn't honest, direct, brave. Real leadership of the kind the president of the United States should have provided. Governor Cuomo is clearly living in a totally different reality, the actual one, than the president of the United States. Governor Cuomo has become a national leader. For a lot of people, Andrew Cuomo has become the leader of the Democratic Party. He is conveying incredible strength. You spoke to National Guard troops today in a stirring speech that, if I wasn't listening carefully, I thought you would sending soldiers off to war. This has been a remarkable show of leadership by Governor Cuomo in recent days. He's providing hope but not false hope. Governor Cuomo, no. I think, is, is, is one of the heroes on, on the front lines. With all of this adulation that you're getting for doing your job, are you thinking about running for president? Andrew Cuomo, who has a daily television show now uh, and has become, in some ways, the shadow uh, president. Maybe Trump is just a little bit mad that Governor Cuomo has become a kind of acting president. Dealing with hardship actually makes you stronger. That's what Governor Cuomo said earlier today. That's what I'm going to go teach my kids right now at home. There you go. I mean, that's just our media as a nutshell. It's never about facts, science, truth. This whole Trump thing has just exposed what most of us already knew. If it hurts the Democrats, it's downplayed. Here's uh, NBC News. New Biden men on track to meet goal of 100 million coronavirus shots in the first 100 days. Well done. You did a great job transcribing the press release. Incredible leadership. Was this written on January 20th? It was called Operation Warp Speed. It's the same thing. Politico, to conservatives pointing out that we've known this since May, that Cuomo was lying, but the media ignored it because of an election. New York Republicans assailed Governor Cuomo's administration's response to new revelations about his stonewalling the release of information about nursing homes, with several calling for him to resign and be in repeach. Republicans pounce. Do you remember when Trump wanted travel bans from outside the country? Nets hide Biden looking at authoritarian travel restrictions to Florida. They're not even covering it. Not at all. What they are covering is what the left wants because they're the fascists. The pandemic could continue for seven years. Which brings us to our This is America. All you're going to get, even with this Cuomo stuff, is this. Obviously, Florida remains uh, a hot spot. Uh, the variant uh, looks like uh, it could spread very quickly around this state. And Mika, uh, vaccinations continue to go at an unbelievably slow rate. Yeah, no, the, the vaccine process is, is painfully slow. I mean, there are people who are in categories who, you know, are definitely apply for it right now. Uh, like my mother, people eight, over the age of 70 who cannot get it. And then you see video of kids squashed together, screaming at each other. Probably drinking. I mean, this is just a nightmare. Well, I mean, that is a COVID nightmare. You, you talk about your mother. 
There's somebody who's 89 who has Parkinson's. Because she can't get the vaccine. She hasn't been able to get a vaccine. Uh, <laughs> and we know a lot of people uh, who are in their mid to late 70s, 80s, who have underlying conditions in Florida, can't get their vaccines either. Seriously? I, how hard uh, has this been? I know that uh, Ron DeSantis uh, has been uh, stumbling around over the past year or so and has had some real problems, uh, especially as it's pertained to vaccines. But I don't think anybody would have expected him to foul it up as badly as he has. Coming up, our next... Chris Saliza. Someone said, hey, you were at the Super Bowl without a mask. But how the hell am I going to be able to drink a beer with a mask on? Come on. I had to watch the Bucks win. Florida Governor DeSantis. Florida Governor was spotted mask in the Super Bowl. His reason? Uh, not great. Whole stories on this. You can't be this stupid, can you? Is this supposed to make him look less? America hate drinking beer. Finger on the pulse, Chris. New York Times. Sp- uh, New York Times spreads more hypocritical super spreader concerns after Super Bowl. And then once again, people point out, in Tampa, Super Bowl celebrations bring super spreader concerns. A rollicking New York City celebration for Biden win. The the New York Times was so bad this week, all anti-vaxxers are far right. The out-of-work stand-up comic, originally New Jersey, an actor and conservative podcast host dressed in a white lab coat, a grenadier who had run several unsuccessful campaigns for Congress in Los Angeles, had at least a few who had been in Washington the day of the Capitol riot. They were among the motley crew of so-called anti-vaxxers who recently converged on the entrance of the mass vaccination site and Dodger Stadium to protest. For months, far-right activists across the country have been rallying against mask-wearing rules, business lockdowns, curfews, and local public health officials, casting the government response to the virus as an intrusion on individual liberties. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. banned from Instagram for COVID misinformation, anti-vaccine claims. Robert F. Kennedy, vaxxers are liberals, not conservatives. Everybody on the planet right now has concerns about the vaccine because there's side effects. But we won't cover that. We'll just say all, all conservatives are anti-vaxxers, anti-lockdown, anti-mask. We won't cover that America's governor, the guy that was better than Trump, lied for political reasons. They won't cover that because they'll find out everything's a lie. The whole coronavirus shtick was to get Biden elected, and it worked. It's one of the exit polls where people said, well, I think he'll handle it better. But he's just doing warp speed, and he's worried about travel to Florida. They're still saying Florida with the most elderly is the problem. Really. To cancel culture, CNN Brian Seltzer on the repetitiveness of his attack on conservative media. The overarching story from Fox to Newsmax to own is Democrats are mean. No, they're downright hateful. And you know what? They stoked violence too. And they were worse than Trump. So why won't they just leave us alone? Your network spends all its time ignoring liberal hate 
ignoring your prime time that is so biased, it's worse than Fox. I've watched it. It's hateful. And your politicians. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi would not allow Republican New York Representative Claudia Tenney to have her son present in the gallery for swearing in Thursday. Tenney explained. Former White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer sent out a tweet Thursday morning with the news that Pelosi denied Tenney's request to let her son graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy watch her getting sworn in for the floor of the gallery. The Daily Caller contacted Sweeney about the news, to which she confirmed it was true. I guess he's considered a risk, Tenney told the caller. Tenney said that Pelosi told her the news about her son not being allowed to watch the gallery and a text from a staff and in person adding that there were several exchanges. He's a risk because he's in the military. That's not national news. Joe Biden mocks the idea that China would eat our lunch in 2019 and also that China is totally going to eat our lunch if we're not careful in 2021. Consistent thinking on lunch, inconsistent thinking on China. Jerry Dunlavey, check out this headline change after the story was dunked on. The Atlantic, I missed the thrill of Trump. Without quite meaning to, Trump reminded journalists that their relationship to power should be adversarial. I was an enemy of the people. Without quite meaning to, Trump reminded journalists that their relationship to power should be adversarial. Because we still have a media that does everything on Twitter. If it leads on the left, it's news. If they don't like it, we change the headlines. But I am an insurrectionist because I don't read the New York Times WAPO or CNN or go to page one on Google or use a Gmail account. Because they, in the Time article, rigged an election and they're proud of it. And lastly, We were told that if they got the Senate, we'd all get $2,000 checks. Then we were told that that check would be $1,400. It was one of the reasons why Republicans didn't vote for those two idiots in Georgia. We weren't told that Trump came up with the $2,000 checks. We were told that he was jamming up the whole thing by wanting $2,000 checks. And then they found out that everybody wanted $2,000 checks and blah, 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 blah. Ostock and Warnock and, and most of the media said, and Biden said, if you vote these people in, you get your $2,000 checks. We ignored that he was under charges for uh, domestic violence. We, were, we just ignored everything. We were told not to listen to him say America's horrible. And as he reverend fucking right from the podium, we were told he was a great guy and I was a racist if I didn't think he was a great guy. Georgia Senator Warnock under investigation for voter registration misconduct. Warnock served as chairman of the board for New Georgia Project in 2019 when elected officials claimed misconduct took place. Under Georgia election rules, voting registration organizations like the New Georgia Project have to submit completed voter applications within 10 days they're received from the voter. But official alleged during 2019 registration effort, some 1,268 applications were submitted to the Gwinnett County Election Office after the deadline. 
But there's no voter fraud. Changing 80 election laws and vote by mail and not checking why were suitcases in that area under tables or trucks coming late at night. That all gets you banned from YouTube and Twitter. But yet they always trickle in. And we find out it's just ballot harvesting. There's a good possibility those registrations were changed Democrat. We'll never know because we don't research stuff like that. To research it and say it makes you just like the seditionist who attacked the Capitol. That's who you are. Just suck it up, buttercup. So this wraps up another long episode of Flavor Politic Podcast. I did this because I don't know if I'll even be able to do one this week because we are going to get ass raped. We're talking three inches of snow tomorrow night, five to eight on Monday, three inches on Monday night, and then we get snow Wednesday to Thursday, which is close to five inches. So I'm going to be buried. I most likely won't have internet. So I went with a really, really long show. It's going to take most of the day to produce, but that's kind of the point. Get it all out there. And it kind of felt good to go straight up conservative. A lot less of those sound bites of the left talking, more of the right. And I'll close as I started. If you don't think 52 executive orders, if you don't think they're trying to silence all opposition, if you don't think it was good for them to play the fight, 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 to show that they've tried to impeach every Republican president, and in general... The left is for violence, hates police, and you're just supposed to forget it all so they can impeach Trump. Well, I don't know what to say to you. The rhetoric in our politics is horrible, but it's usually the left with Nazi analogies. It's usually the left saying violent things like get in their face. And I don't care how much the never Trumpers, well, Lincoln Project's gone, but the bulwark will take over. The media, lefties, principal conservatives want to spin it. Our eyes and ears saw what we saw for the last four years. Two things can be true. Trump can be a bad president, but he didn't cause a riot. Trump can be evil, but the Democrats can be way worse. We've been talking about fascism, and nothing in this show shows me the rights the fascist as an independent. I don't fear being canceled, losing anything from the right. Every time I open my mouth, the left tries to silence it. Make sure you disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah yeahs. If you're in the snow zone, be safe. Stock up. I got wood, food. We're ready. Toilet paper, ready to go. And tune in, hopefully, Wednesday for another show. If not, as soon as I can get one out, I will. As always, thanks for listening, and take care.